Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Radio here on our Sunday morning tradition as it continues into season number nine, episode, I think, 18? Not sure. It's one of those anyway. 17, 18, somewhere in there. Hope everybody's having a great Sunday. And as usual, there's lots of news in sports, but we're going to start locally. Then champions in their football, and then I'll get Cuervo in here. But I wanted to start off the show. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one of our locals making it big. I, it, it's almost be embarrassing for me not to, since I called his game when he was a senior at Rowlett High School playing for the Eagles. I would be remiss as I talked to him many times, talking about his game. I'd be remiss for the many games that I sat and watched this young man play to be where he is. And, folks, I got to tell you, especially for our locals, I got a great big congratulations to give out to Jeffrey Carroll. Jeffrey Carroll, a a 6'8", as a senior, he might have grown since then. I mean, he might have got taller. But this guy was a force at the forward position for your Rowlett Eagles, along with Austin Luke, along with Nathan Hawkins and others that were there. Um, those were the notables that went out into college. Austin Luke's also trying to get in um, and sign somewhere. Hopefully that happens. And, of course, Nathan Hawkins, same thing. But Jeffrey Carroll signs what it's, – it's a, it's a contract with – the Los Angeles Lakers. And, folks, let me tell you something about the contract because it's a little bit different than what most players would sign. He is signing what is called a two-way contract, meaning that he is going to be there for training camp, he's going to be there, and he's going to try to make that squad. And if he makes the squad, obviously he's going to get a little boost in pay. But if not, He will join the Los Angeles Lakers G League, uh, formerly the D League squad, and play for them until he can be called up and in a fill-in role and things of that sort. So needless to say, Sonny has just become a Laker fan. And the reason that is is because, you know, following guys and actually – being directly involved with what they have done over their career, whether it be high school, college, or whatever the case may be. 
I had that privilege, and I've been watching this guy. He redshirted as a freshman at Oklahoma State, and his second and third years were him getting his feet wet within the NCAA. And then his redshirted junior and senior years when he took off. Now, this is a team that got screwed out of the um, tournament last year after beating five teams that were in that tournament. And they were on the bubble. They ended up in the NIT. So, you know, we, we talk about a different game. We talk about a different team. We talk about a guy that in reality was a cornerstone over there for many years. I mean, you had the four years of college, they redshirted him, so he had five years of eligibility to play for Oklahoma State and the Cowboys. Now, I'm not an Oklahoma State Cowboy fan, but I became one when one Jeffrey Carroll made his way over there. We are now moving this year. When we go and start calling basketball this season, this will be our seventh season of calling Rowlett Eagles varsity basketball. And, folks, I'm going to tell you straight out the happiness that I feel right now for Jeffrey Carroll, the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, is big. I hate to say it, but I have unfortunately become a Laker fan because of one of our locals here. Rowlett Eagles, former Rowlett Eagles, our first year college basketball for the Rowlett Eagles. I covered this young man. He's a great kid. Nothing more but excited so far for what this guy is doing. Again, his contract is a little bit different than most. He signs a contract that makes him eligible to be at the training camp for the Los Angeles Lakers. If he makes the team, he'll get a boost in salary. If not, he will be in the G League, that quote-unquote D League for them. So I get to see Jeffrey Carroll whenever he comes to play the, the Dallas Mavericks or the Texas Legends. So when he gets back, you, you know where Sonny will be, depending on where Jeffrey Carroll will be in the Dallas area when he gets that opportunity to come back here. And early and not getting the high and tight oh, is our co-host. In case you didn't know. It is Cuervo on a Sunday. Good morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you? My old here. It would help if I make your mic hot. There you go, my friend. How you doing? I'm good, Sonny. How are you? I was just calling to check and see if you were talking uh, indoor football or, or I heard you talking about Rowlett Eagles basketball. So that's why I didn't hit the one button just yet. But I still appreciate you letting, uh, bringing me on. Yeah, well, you're the fine co-host of this fine program. So I got to bring you on. Um, I, I am going to talk a little bit of uh, Champions Indoor Football. So if you want to bail for about 15 minutes and if you got something to do yeah, or if you want to just hang out and listen, I can put you back up on mute and we can go from there. That sounds good, Sonny. I will, I will uh, probably hang out for a little bit, hang up, and then call right back. Sounds good. I'll put you back up on mute, and I'll hop back into what we're talking about. A local kid makes good here in Rowlett. Jeffrey Carroll signs the contract with the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm so excited. It's like my claim to fame, you know. You know, even though I, I don't even know if he would remember me, even though I interviewed him a couple of times um, uh, for when he was making his way and trying to get out there and learn, and believe it or not, learning to interview. 
um, is part of what that was all about for him. So uh, that instead of the one-word answers that I got from most of them, which is the reason why we don't interview those kids. But that having been said, I did interview him quite a few times, and it was great. So congratulations to Jeffrey Carroll, new signee of the Los Angeles Lakers. Again, he gets to go to training camp. If he makes the team, he's going to get a boost in salary. If he doesn't make the team, he'll end up in the G League, which is – where I kind of figured he might end up, not because he's not good enough, it's just because his name isn't big enough. And that is one of the big things. And now he has to have his game make – he has to make his game his name right now. So in order for him to make a Lakers squad, say whatever you want about the Lakers, whether they're not showbiz or, or – um, you know, Showtime or anything else like that. It's tough to make a roster, so I, I got my I got my fingers crossed. I'll even make my way to the um, American Airlines uh, Arena to watch him when he was a Laker when he plays the uh, Dallas Mavericks, or I'll be in Frisco when he plays the Texas Legend in the D uh, League. So I'm excited about that. So good news locally for one of our guys. We always want to try to promote them, and especially our first game, our first show, our first calling of Rowlett Eagles included him um, as well. So we're going to also keep track of Austin Luke. has not signed anywhere as of yet, as far as I know. We'll be taking a look for that, and also Nathan Hawkins, what is his plan as far as basketball is concerned moving forward. Again, these were our first year coverages of the Rowlett Eagles, so that was awesome. Our seventh year when we hit basketball, but guess what's right around the corner? Rowlett Eagles varsity football is around the corner. Our sixth season calling Rowlett Eagles football. That is going to kick up the last weekend of August, so that is just right around the corner. So myself and the eagle-eyed Bill Cerna are getting set and getting squared as he is finishing up his indoor season with the Carolina Cobras um, as he's an assistant coach for that t- team. It's I, it's just an outstanding story, and we'll probably talk about that during uh, the games and things of, the, um, of that sort. So – also, let's jump into what we usually jump into at the beginning. Champions Indoor Football. Yes, that is the league I'm the director of operations of. And, folks, I want to tell you, as far as indoor football is concerned, playoff football is exciting, especially in our league. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because one of the biggest things that people talk about on what makes a good league good, whether it's the NFL, NBA, or whatever the case may be. NBA is one of those rares that are not. But whether it is parity. And within Champions Indoor Football, the parity is amazing. And all you have to do is go to gocif.net, and you can go to the stats. And when you click on the stats, it'll bring up all the games. And you'll go through those stats, and you'll see more games decided within 10 points than you do through blowouts. And that's what makes this game exciting. And last night was no different. Last night was an exciting game, as it's the first game of the second round. Now, the Texas Revolution are on the road Monday night, so it's Champions Indoor Football's version of Monday Night Football. You can catch those games on the free app, and that's over at Pluto.tv and Channel 221 on Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. That'd be 5 o'clock, where votes time. 
and 8 o'clock over there for Coach E over on the east side in Tarvin if you want to check out indoor football and see the playoffs. And uh, so last night, the Sioux City Bandits earned a trip to the ship as they beat the Salina Liberty, and the Liberty were at home, and this was a game of who was going to have the ball last. Now, a lot of times when you look at games, you say, well, the, the, the team that ends up with the ball last is going to win this game. The Sioux City Bandits defense stopped the Salina Liberty team first down and goal from the two. So we can talk about the mistakes that happened in this game for Salina, and and I've already talked to Ricky Burtz about this and how things that happened. And we we even said it. it was really simple. It was just a matter of one mistake can turn the game around. Now, we can talk about the bad calls. Guess what? Bad calls happen in every indoor football game. If you expect perfection, if you expect the NFL quality NFL guys, you're not going to get it. You're going to get a squad that's pretty good when it comes to the officiating in indoor football. But obviously, you're going to get the Division One type of games and those kinds of things, especially with the different rules that are in this game and the speed of the game, and you have to be looking at the right place at the right time, some things. And all I hear about, you know, the rest are bad, the rest are bad. Oh, the rest should be held accountable. The rest, you know, yeah, they should be held accountable, but you got to understand the speed of this game. It's different, and that happened last night. There were some calls on both sides that were I was just shaking my head on. But those happen in every single game. So when this game started, I mean, we're talking about teams that turned the ball over, did not get – and usually – when you talk about indoor football and you talk about a game, especially a playoff game, you're talking about a team that will get out quickly. And that didn't happen in the first quarter as the first frame ended up with a 3-0 lead for the Salina Liberty in the first quarter. Both teams had opportunities close to the end zone. Missing field goals all over, whether it's a field goal or an extra point, was big in this game. And, you know, you know the – type of game it is, the narrowness of the uh, uprights is amazing. So that's one of the things. The guy who's probably going to win special teams player of the game, Greg Connery, had a, just a night where I don't, maybe he just didn't sleep well or something because this was not the Greg Connery that we've seen all year long. That, Like I said, I think he's going to win the special teams player of the year award because of his outstanding kicking. And next week, it's gonna, it could be different in the championship game. He might be spot on. He might be that, that special team player of the year in that game. But in this game, it didn't happen. But jumping out 3-0 lead, 19-yard field goal for Jimmy Allen for the Salina Liberty, they hop on that. And it wasn't until the second quarter, uh, about, you know, geez, it was about three and a half minutes before there was some scoring. Sioux City Bandits. Nadler with a three-yard run. The two-point conversion pass failed, so they went for the two-point conversion that didn't work for him. So it was 6-3, and then the Salina Liberty, they got a kickoff return from Dominique Carson. And then the two-point rush, that didn't work either. So they didn't even kick the – so they had a, a missed kick by Greg Connery. The two-point conversion, no good. Um and then an actual two-point conversion coming from Derek Bernard didn't go through. 
But Connery did come back with 844 left to go in the second quarter. He had 16-yard field goal, which was good. Uh, and, and that was after the Salina Liberty 50-yard kickoff return by Dominic Carson. So the Salina Liberty answer, or the Bandits answer with a field goal, and then they kick it off to Dominic Carson again. What does he do? He runs back two touchdowns on kickoffs, 50 yards. And before you knew it, two plays, the Salina Liberty's offense wasn't even out on the football field. Their defense wasn't there. It was Dominic Carson finding those holes. This guy's a little bit shorter. He can squeak through those holes a lot easier than the bigger guys. So two touchdown kickoff returns in the second quarter. Uh, was great. Then London, a 17-yard pass from Nadler, and then a Greg Connery miss. So the Bandits were down 16-15 to 15 in the game. Then Jimmy Allen came on. He kicked the 25-yard field goal. Notice we're talking about a lot of field goals in this game, not getting into the end zone, the quick portion of this game. Then Darren Miller, though, turned it around with a minute 18 left to go in the half as he ran in for a one-yard, and Greg Connery got the kick. But then – what happened is the Salina Liberty with six seconds left to go. Uh, Pargo got a pass from Derek Bernard in for the touchdown before they went in the halftime. And what they were trying, the Bandits were trying to do was hold off the Bandits or the Liberty because they got the ball first in the third quarter. So we went in at halftime where the Liberty had a 25-22 lead, a three-point game, and relatively low scoring. Lots of misses going on in that game. But the Bandits came out. Five minutes and three, second drive. Darren Miller, two yards of run. Guess what? Connery misses the kick. Unbelievable. I'm sitting here watching this, and I can't even believe what I'm watching. And then turn around to the line of liberty. They get back in, 46-yard pass from Derek Bernard, and the kick was good. Then the um, Liberty had a 32-28 lead. The sol- back, five minutes, 22 seconds left to go in the third quarter. Bandits get a Connery field goal from 18 yards. That one is the Actually good. So he gets up there. Then the Bandits also come back from the 522 after Greg Connery made the field goal. At 311, the Sioux City Bandits, Frederick Bruno, 22-yard pass from Nadler. Two-point conversion was no good. That was one that was set up. They didn't kick it and miss it or a bad snap. This one was set up. That one didn't go through. But the Bandits had a 37-32 lead, but the Liberty got back up under this at the top of the fourth quarter with 11:27 left to go as Raspberry got the one-yard touchdown pass from Derek Bernard, and the kick was good. And then there was no scoring until with three minutes, 10 seconds left to go as the Sioux City Bandits were down at the time, 39-37. Frederick Brunel with the 12-yard pass run led. The two-point conversion was good, and they had five. To 39. So the game at the end, it came down to a defensive stance coming from the Sioux City Bandits to hold off the Salina Liberty. And not only that, they got three chances to get it in from the two. That just didn't happen for the Salina Liberty. It was a great game. I sat there and I, I did the whole thing. Guys, I set this one up. I set this one up because I wanted to watch this one. I mean, I got the, I, I even got the takeout pizza. And if you know Sonny, you know, the cheap guy that he is, yeah, I went out and I got a takeout pizza. And I had peanuts at halftime. So I was all set for this one. But that fourth quarter was a big one as the Sioux City Bandit defense. So you want to talk about tightening belts 
only gave up a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and they had many times there was a turnover by Bernard where he fumbled the ball as he was holding the ball right near his waist. And I, uh, I was watching the game. I was like, man, I hope he don't drop the ball. And just as I thought it, that's exactly what happened. He dropped the ball in front of the football. Same thing on the other side as the uh, Bandits, you know, they had some miscues as well. So we're talking about one or two plays that really could have turned this game around. That fumble by, by Bernard was huge. Um, the fact that the Sioux City Bandits didn't answer after the Liberty didn't score on their first drive, that was also a big-time thing going on in that game. So we're talking about one or two plays that really could have turned down the outcome of this game. And one of the biggest complaints, there was some, there was some penalties that weren't called. There were some that were called. I think the ones that were called were good. I think they missed out on some opportunities for both teams in reality. It wasn't just one. Uh, both teams in reality, and it could have turned the tide of the game. Um, but you got to call the obvious ones. And there were some – there was probably three or four that I saw that were obvious, at least from our vantage point watching it on Pluto TV, a couple for the, for the bandits as well that just didn't get called. I don't know if they were letting them play. I don't know what it is, but sometimes you got to still throw the flag even when you're in there. So it ended up happening. Sioux City Bandits, 10 of 17, 112 yards, and three touchdowns for Nadler. Nadler also rushed the ball a couple of times. He got in for the one-yard plunge. And um, on the other side, Derek Bernard, he was 10 of 24 for the Liberty, 110 yards, three touchdowns. But that fumble was a big one. He didn't have any interception, but that fumble was a big one, and that was the one that could have came back. Now, he did rush the ball 16 times for 68 yards. He didn't get in for the touchdown. So that's one of the things. you got to watch that. And sometimes when I watch Derek Bernard, the guy likes to run. So when it does break down, but one thing that Bernard does is that he keeps his head up when he isn't running. So, so when he starts to take off his head up, see if he can throw the ball, get rid of it. And that's actually what happened on the last play in reality as one of the uh, defensive players from the band that squirted through the line. And then he was running for his life and, and able to keep his head up. He threw it up in desperation for hopefully a Liberty player to come down with the ball. And that didn't happen. And that's what the game ended up on. Rushing the football, Darren Miller, 16 rushes, 48 yards, two touchdowns as well. Uh, good game for him. Dominic Carson, 11 rushes, 38 yards, no touchdowns for them. There were only three touchdowns um, for the uh, for the Bandits or the Liberty in this game uh, that were, you know, your your classic ones. You know, where you're going to get a touchdown pass. Uh, no rushing touchdowns, three touchdowns. They also got the two kickoff. For return for touchdowns, that's the reason why you see the difference. Stafford caught a touchdown pass from Bernard. Also, uh, Pargo, he had one. Donovan Raspberry also with touchdown passes. On the other side, uh, Andre London, six catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns. Bruno, three catches, 40 yards, and two touchdowns. That Those were big. Greg Connery was two of four from field goals and only one of three from extra points. So you see how many points that Connery gave up in that game. Jimmy Allen on the other side, two of three uh, for the field goals, three of four from the extra points. So you're looking at those numbers. The kicking game was a big, big part of this game, whether it was Dominique Carson running the ball back for two touchdowns or on the other side with Darren Miller and Virgin getting some big-time yards on kickoff return. Darren Miller, five of them for 109 yards, so an average of 21 yards. 
So that was one of those things. So taking a look at that, that was huge. Uh, good game last night. And, and folks, if you have the opportunity, you can catch that game over on GoCIF.com uh, or, or GoCIF.net. And if you get the opportunity and you have some times and you want to see what's going on as far as champions indoor football, um, if you go there and you go to the website, Go to CIF TV, and if you go there, you can uh, catch that game. It will be up a little bit later on this afternoon. Uh, it's not there yet, but you can catch it out a little bit later on this afternoon. So that's what is ending up happening there. Um, got my man Todd um, uh, on here, and, yeah, he only scored three touchdowns on offense, and two of them were from a kick return. Uh, for the Salina Liberty, so uh, two of them and coming from Dominique Carson. And that's where the difference is because the week before that, if you looked at the stats, Derek Bernard threw for nine touchdowns. So what that was, and when you see the numbers and you watch that game, you saw the Salina, the Salina Liberty tackle a big defense in front of them, and that's what the difference in that game was in reality. So that, that that's what champions indoor football was all about guys. And if you get the opportunity, you want to see it Monday night football champions, indoor football style, you'll catch the Texas revolution as they are on the road. And I'm going to cough here. Hold on one second. As they are on the road and get it all squared away. So uh, watch out for that. And just got the notes. Uh, um, the Cowboys and, and what he's talking about as far as uh, Jeffrey Carroll um, in the NIT, definitely that's a team that got robbed big time. So um, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be watching for him on that. So Lionel only scored three touchdowns on offense, and the defense was definitely superb. You're absolutely right, Todd. And that's what that game came down to. It came to big time defense from Sioux City, but – And this could have happened either way. Um, One or two plays on the other side, whether it's Derek Bernard not dropping the football or Derek Bernard or the Liberty getting a flag in the end zone where um, there was an obvious pass interference uh, that was going on. Or on the other side, there were a couple of plays where the Salina Liberty were definitely all over a receiver. And I saw that a couple of times too. So um, what they did is decide not to throw the flag if it didn't really have an impact on the play. But the only problem is if you take away an option from a quarterback because of what is going on down the field, it, it changes the game and it changes how uh, a quarterback will uh, play the game and who he will throw it to. So um, those kind of things, it, you know, it's growing pains. There's going to be bad calls in every indoor football game that happens each and every year. So uh, just look out for that as far as that's concerned. Again, go to um, gocif.net. Later on this afternoon, that game will be up. You can catch it on the, in the archives. Um, also, Monday Night Football, CIF style, happens at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time as the Texas Revolution are going to Duke City to take on the Duke City Gladiators on Monday Night Football. So the championship game is going to be either played in Duke City or it's going to be played in Sioux City. If it's played in Sioux City, that means the Texas Revolution beat the Duke City Gladiators on their home turf. City, obviously, they beat the Texas Revolution at home. So um, it could be a rematch of Champions Bowl one 
if the Texas Revolution get the victory, they'll make that trip up to Sioux City and try to beat them in uh, Champions Bowl four, a repeat of Champions Bowl one. So uh, it could happen, and that's another game. You talk about games that are flip, and you can take the coins, um, and it's really all about the momentum of a game. If the one of the teams can get out and start immediately – which is one of the things that the Duke City Gladiators are very capable of doing, getting out to that quick start. And if the Revolution can't answer that quick start, it could be a hard day for the Revolution. Now, if the Revolution get out to a a tough, quick start, that means their defense of the Duke City Gladiators are not playing very well, and they're going to have to make up for it in the game. So when I look at the game that is happening on Monday night, there are a couple of keys that I'm looking for. I'm looking for the Duke City Gladiators defense. You can say whatever you want about Duke City or whatever you want, but this is one of the best defenses within the league. This is a team that dominates defensively, whether it's going to be Jason Serta, whether it's going to be uh, Matt Moss in the middle of that, and that defensive line is huge. So you've got to look out for that, a defensive team that is based. When you look at the other side on the offensive side for the Gladiators, you're looking at a team that is good. You're looking at a team that is not necessarily – lights out unless you're a wide receiver. And I'm talking about Della Davis. Della Davis is the big time difference maker in this game. As that guy has got over 980 yards uh, out there as far as his stats are concerned. Della Davis is going to be the difference in this game because it's going to be all about whether or not Caleb Holbrook can get the ball to Della Davis. And there are other guys that are on this team, but when you look at Della Davis, when you look at the stats and you see what he has done, he can do it a couple of ways. He can either do it by catching the football and taking the ball down the field big time, or he can do it. This is a guy has 997 yards. He almost has 1,000 yards through the 12 games that he's played this season. He's got 21 receiving touchdowns. So, Ello Davis is going to be a very, very big part of it. Now, he doesn't rush the ball often. 22 rushes, 95 yards. He's got two touchdowns, but he's also fumbled a couple of those. So, it's all about getting the ball in his hands. So, when I look at it, it'll be about whether or not Della Davis will have a good game. Caleb Holbrook is going to have to get him the ball. He's the playmaker. Big-time playmaker. And don't forget about his kick returns. 33 kick returns, 554 yards, two touchdowns. He averages 16 of them, but he's capable of breaking it at any moment. So watch out for this guy. He's an all-around guy on the offense and special team. So watch out for him. But on the other side of that, when you look at Duke City and their defense and what you're going to see in this game, we talked about Matt Moss. I love me some Matt Moss. He's the former Wichita Force, Wichita Wild guy. He also went over and played in China, in the China um, AFL, um, and signed up to, with the Duke City Gladiators just this past season. There were two moves that happened for Duke City that I thought would make them a favorite in Champions Indoor Football. One of them was Caleb Holbrook. When they signed Caleb Holbrook, it turned the whole thing around. But getting Matt Moss up on top of it, that was another big deal, a huge big deal uh, when you looked at the Duke City Gladiators because the Duke City Gladiators have always been good defensively, and when you get a guy such as Matt Moss 
you're looking at you're looking at a good guy. Now they are not killing it statistically like number one, number one, number one in all the phases of the game. They are right there close. They're number two, number three on a lot of them. They're only giving up 220, uh, 255 yards a game, only 55 yards rushing, 200 through the air. So when you look at it, and they're only allowing 40 points a game, now you say, wow, that's a lot. Well, you're talking indoor football. you got games that get in the 50s and 60s. So keeping it under 40, I think that's a good number for the Duke City Gladiators. So I like what they're doing, um, and and it's not just Jason Serta, which, by the way, um, he's up for the running for Defensive Player of the Year. The guy, the guy does it every year. I don't know what it is about this guy, but he gets out there. But on the defensive side of the ball, you you got the Duke City Gladiators. They pick up Fred Griggs a little bit later on in the season, Ray Little as well. Um, but you got Brett Bowers. Brett Bowers is the guy that gets there. In the last game, he had two sacks. Um, in that game, and he gets out there big time. Brett Bowers is going to be a big portion defensively in this game. Total of 30 tackles, 12 sacks out on the season for Brett Bowers. So the Texas Revolution are going to have to do it. And the Texas Revolution, when you look at that football team, you're talking about football team that has had its problems all year long, but it's all about making it to, to the playoffs. Once you get to the playoffs, it don't matter what the record was before. It's about what you're going to do. And the Revolution, you'll say whatever you want about that football team. They're the defending champions, and they're going to play like the defending champions. As they got a 56-45 victory in the first round in Amarillo. And Amarillo jumped out on this uh, on the Revolution quick, but it was the fourth quarter scoring in that game that gave the Texas Revolution the victory uh, 56 to 45, 29 to 12 in the fourth frame. But what has to happen big time is Andrew Jackson's got to be on. He was 11 to 29 in the last game, 161, three touchdowns, only one interception. He also uh, let Jordan Brown. That's going to be a big deal with Darius Pudge not in the lineup as he was put on the emergency IR. They brought in Jer- uh, Jordan Brown to make up for that, which he is a veteran to that team. But Clinton Solomon, Clinton Solomon, it's, it's going to be about Clinton Solomon and what he can do on the offensive side of the ball. As you take a look at what he has done, he's only got 506 yards and 10 touchdowns. Those are low numbers for Clinton Solomon. And on the other side, in the Solomon and Solomon group, Frankie Solomon, now that guy has had a good defensive game uh, and has got great stats throughout the season. And uh, every year, um, this is a guy that makes his presence known. He, he gets the, you know, the interceptions and things of that sort. 63 tackles, only three interceptions this year. Uh, he's usually around six or seven, and they are not using him as much in the kickoff returns, which is where he is, but that keeps him more fresh up on it. 42 solo tackles for Frankie Solomon Jr. So out on the season, total of 63 touchdowns, averaging five a game. And, again, the three uh, interceptions and two fumble recoveries for Frankie Solomon Jr. So defensively, the Texas Revolution, they're a tough football team when they get going, and it's about personnel. And But really when you talk about the Texas Revolution defense, it's about what they know about each other. And what I mean by that is guys that, that have been there. Uh, Jenkins has been there. Joe Adams has been there. Frank Solomon Jr. 
uh, Trevani Jackson to uh, Johnson, Chuck Johnson to a certain point. He used to play for the Allen Wranglers uh, when Frankie Solomon Jr. was there. Marcel Brooks comes in, makes big plays when he needs to. So, but it's going to be about Trey Harlan. Can he get to the quarterback? That's going to be a big question for them. And also Dwayne Autry had both in the sack um, in the game against the Amarillo Venom. So Dwayne Autry was a guy who wanted to get to the Texas Revolution. Actually, I think it was more the fact that he wanted to play for Victor Mann. He wanted to play for the the uh, the head coach that took a team to a championship. Two sacks out uh, on the uh, season for Dwayne Autry. No interceptions, but um, I. He is a guy that makes a difference out on the football field. So that's what you're getting in Champions Indoor Football this year. That's what you're getting this week um, as the Texas Revolution are going to head on over and talk and take on the Duke City Gladiators on – try that again. Duke City Gladiators on Monday uh, after, uh, Monday evening, our form of indoor uh, football on Monday night, Monday night football. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. Sonny uh, needs to warm up his coffee, and he also needs to hit the head. So we're going to do that, and we'll come back. There's some things we're going to talk about. There's some interesting news that are coming out of Tampa Bay. If you're not keeping up with this one, this is a very interesting situation. If you go back into our archives, I've talked about this situation with one Jameis Winston. Uh, A little bit of a problem that's going on right there, so look out for that. So we're going to do that. We're going to take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to that being said. Our Sunday morning tradition continues here in season number nine. This is episode 18. We'll be back here after the break. And after I hit the right button. There we go. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. 
Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. We can never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sonny Clark, radio voice at your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. time for the second playoff game of Champions Indoor Football. It's going to be a good one. Now, that having been said, of course, that's the name of our famous show. <laughs> famous, yeah. Um, anyway, that's the name of the show on Sunday morning. And if we ever had a... Hey, can, can we talk? Uh, can we talk moment? We got, we got to uh, do it, and we bring back in Cuervo. Uh, uh, can we talk moment? But here's the thing, Cuervo. This can we talk moment in reality is nothing new in reality. And I'm talking about what – and normally Sonny Clark does not prep this show. But I sent out a prep to Cuervo about this at, in case you didn't see it or get the backstory on what it was because this thing's breaking. This thing broke a couple of days ago. And a big-time story, Cuervo, and it is, what do we got? We got a guy 
where history has proven that this guy is just, you know, a guy that you really don't want to be associated with, Cuervo. I mean, when I was growing up, and then I'll throw it over to you, Cuervo, my dad told me told me the lesson that I've lived my life by, and that is about a pig walking down the street. And he's getting awful cold, so he lays down next to a bum to try to get warm. And this big, beautiful limousine comes by, and the window goes down, and a beautiful woman's looking out the window, and she goes, <laughs> birds of a feather flock together. And the window went up, and the limousine drove off, and the pig looked up, and he looked around thinking, and he got up and left. This Jameis Winston is a guy that you don't want to be associated with by any stretch, and it proves because of cover-ups, and that, and that comes also from the colleges and everybody else who were involved in trying to cover up or who has money interest in this guy to where you got, if this is true, and, you know, they've been talking about it for a long time, Cuervo, but if this is true, mm-hmm. they have been protecting this guy for years and years and years, and yet here's another example of it. And in reality, I'll go back. To to what we're talking about, it really simple. Hey, can, you can know, we uh, can we talk, moment, Cuervo? How many times is this guy going to get the break? And not to throw even more controversy on it, though, Cuervo. Colin Kaepernick didn't come close to being the scumbag that that Jameis Winston is supposedly is. So, I mean, where do you draw a line on talent and and things of that sort? when you've got Jameis Winston who's playing in the NFL and then you kind of look at Colin Kaepernick and go, man, you've got to be shaking your head going, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, this one is a head-scratcher, Sonny, for, for a few couple reasons. You know, first of all, <clears throat> this happened while he was in the league. You know, this didn't happen while he was in college. It didn't happen uh, – prior to him being drafted or anything like he was a employee of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when this situation happened. So I guess my question would be, was there any knowledge of this situation? And if there was, why did it take two years for it to come up? That's the because they tried to cover it up. Cuervo, that's the NFL and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's either one. Now, now, okay. So let me ask you this and, and let's, uh, we always keep it honest on the show, Sonny. Is that Jameis Winston's fault? Can you blame Jameis Winston himself for news not coming out, this, this story not coming out? Because if the franchise, if the front office of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had knowledge of the situation and they made the choice to cover it up, then that's on them. You can't sit here and blame the kid for other people wanting to cover the story up in order to try and, and, and not, you know, make a black eye of, of, of the franchise. Because I'll tell you, if, they, if, if Tampa Bay covered this thing up, Sonny, if the Buccaneers organization covered it up, it wasn't to protect Jameis Winston's image. I'm, I'll tell you straight up, that's not what it was about. It was about protecting their own image. And yep. you know, I'm sure I'm sure franchises all, all all around the league do it all the time. 
Okay, and they don't do it to protect the player because let's let's be honest, the only thing they care about when it comes to the players is that they perform. Okay, that's fine. But if if this was covered up, this this wasn't to protect his name, his image. This was to protect to protect the the shield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneer franchise. And you can't sit here and blame Jameis Winston for that. So no. for people to scrutinize Winston, look his morals are messed up, Sonny. We all know that. You know, he's made some he's made multiple bad decisions throughout his life. Okay, so nobody I'm not excusing him for the situation. But because it took two years for this story to come out, I don't put this on Jameis Winston one bit. I don't either. I put it upon the money machine that is the NFL. Because if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers knew about it, the NFL knew about it. And that's the coercion that I don't like. Listen, you know, all you have to do is look at this guy in college and know what you were getting with him. And if you take that risk and you grab up Mm -hmm. with Jameis Winston and be your face of the franchise, okay, after what he's been accused of, hey, and Cuervo, they have much better investigators and, and private det- private detectives to get into a guy's background better than we can. But when you see it coming, and it's by his actions and what he does and what he's been accused of before, there's no great big surprise about Jameis Winston. My problem is definitely it's not it, – it, it's, it's the money-hungry protection of the shield. And that's what ends up happening, and that's where you get people out there going, well, no, this guy, this girl's lying about this, this girl's lying about that. The biggest problem that is going on in the NFL has to do with women. Mm-hmm. And whether it is what Jameis Winston did or whether it is spousal abuse or whatever, the, whatever, your domestic violence, whatever, the big, some of the biggest problems in the NFL have to do with football is with women, and the fact that the Shields, that being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the NFL, can shut these people up to cover their ass, when that's what it is, Cuervo, you can say whatever you want about it, but this is a covering up of the ass for the the team, for the league, and they could care less about Jameis Winston, and that is another another problem, so... And, and and that's why and, and Sonny and you may not like what I'm about to say. That's why I completely 100% disagree with the suspension that they're about to give him. Look, again, I'm not condoning what he did. Let me make that very clear. I'm not condoning groping women or or whatever the case may be uh, that they said happened. I'm, uh, trust me, I, I'm not saying that that's okay or that, you know, well, she asked for it. I'm not saying that at all. But because, it again, it took two years for this story to come out, for whatever reason, okay, this is why women are afraid it's to speak up, It's covered up really Sonny. good for two years, Cuervo. That's the reason. And, 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 yeah, and again, and that's why a lot of women are afraid to speak up, because they're afraid that even if they do say something, nothing's going to be done about it. They're just going to turn a blind eye to it. And, and, and people are going to say that, you know, oh, you're being, you're, you're overreacting or, you know, you're, you're, you're exaggerating the, the situation, the story, whatever the case may be. And that's why women don't speak up. And, and, and that's uh, absolutely wrong. 
And yep. as as men in their position, uh, uh, as front office executives of NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, sports franchises all over the all over the country and all over the world, for that matter, you know, they they need to take these things more seriously. So. My my again, my issue is that it took two years for the story to come out and now they want to punish James Winston. I I I completely one hundred percent disagree with that. Like yes, again, I'm not saying it was okay. I just think it's silly that where they're gonna punish him two years later. Just like the whole even with the whole Tom Brady situation, it was like two years later, oh now we're gonna suspend him. It's is it to try to cover up your image? Absolutely, that's what it is. I think it's stupid, though. It's a very reactive – the NFL is a very reactive – yeah, I know, it's about the money. I get that. But I think there's more There's more to it than the – it's more than just the money. So, yeah, that's a huge part of it. Don't get me wrong. I just think that change is not is never going to happen if the NFL continues to be reactive on situations. There's no proactiveness whatsoever when it comes to situations like this. They always wait for somebody to blow the whistle, and then they yep. wanna then they wanna take action on it. And, and, and to me, you can't put that on on Jameis Winston. You can't put that on um, uh, who was the other guy? That was Ronald Darby of the Philadelphia. Well, was the Philadelphia Eagles? To me, I, I don't know. To me, I just I think it's I think it's wrong to make those guys the the fall the fall guys for this whole story. Oh, they're like, always yes, going to be the fall I mean, guy. Incredible. They're always going to be the fall. There's always going to be a fall guy because it's going to be whether or not someone's going to challenge the NFL. And th- and that's what's ended up happening here. And that challenge could be either a direct threat to the NFL or news articles. You say whatever you want. Those news articles, if they get the right writer, the right person, they make a difference. And whether or not the NFL gets stand up. Now, that also goes to to the ESPN, Fox, and all these other guys who will continue the cover-up because in reality, when you're talking the NFL, you're talking so much money. And that's the reason why I played that. That's why I played the music. Okay, it is about the money. It, it, the simple fact of the matter is that the NFL can give a rat's big fat ass whether or not these women are in a situation. The only thing they, they care about is how they can cover it up, how they can weather the storm, or make sure their names are not involved with the situation because really in reality uh, it boils down to being the money, and it's always going to be that way with the NFL because the NFL has to be reactive to things that actually get out that they can't stop, and that's the big thing. When you got that money, when you got that power, when you have that kind of hold on anybody, whether it's a woman or any or a man or anybody who has anything against the NFL and they can prove it, it's about the NFL watching it. That's what big corporations do, though, Cuervo. They cover their ass. They're king of covering their asses. And the fact that it, the, the fall guy, you know, it's a reactionary thing is it, basically to me, and that's what I'm learning here in this, in this mm-hmm. particular instance, is they didn't cover their ass enough, so now they have to push blame on somebody. But my question is, who's going to do anything about the NFL? And I, I'm 
conspiracy couch is calling out. This is a cover-up. This is a cover-up from the top, from the NFL to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Jameis Winston, you know what? This is business as usual from him, and it started in high school. No, and, 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 and trust me, I get it, Sonny. And, and, and he has that reputation now. It's just, you know, my thing is the fact that you're going to punish him for something he did two years ago, that just – it doesn't sit right with me, Sonny. And, again, you know, if you had handled it when it happened, then, yeah, I'm all about it. Punish the dude. You know, he's got to learn. He's got to learn his lesson. But the fact that they chose to cover it up and they chose to not punish him right away – but now because it's coming out, oh, now you want to punish him and make it look like, oh, look at us. We're doing something about it. No, the only reason you're doing something about it is because the story came out. And, yep. and your, cover up, your cover got blown. The cover got blown. So t- that's, why, that's, why I, that's why I disagree with the suspension because it's, it's not about, oh, teaching him, you know, that, you know, punishing him that he's wrong and, if, if that's what it was about, you'd have, you'd have suspended him two years ago about this. But that's not what this Absolutely. is about. And they knew about it too, Cuervo. Let, let's, let, let's, not, let's not be naive to where they didn't know about this situation. How it got leaked is the story, and that's one of the things that they got to figure out how to cover up that leak or at least clog it to where there is no leak. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll tell you, the, the, the only people that – in reality, I could see or a situation where, you know, the, the NFL gets blown up for this is, you know, organizations out there that that are about raising awareness for, uh, uh, you know, whether it's women's rights or, you know, I guess, you know, against domestic violence and, and things like that. Those are the people and organizations that need to go after the NFL and tell them that, you know, pretty much em- embarrass them, saying that that they need to do something. They need to be more, uh, you know, not so much. I guess just don't co- stop covering things up. In other words, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, th- those- what did I say about I, what did I say about four years ago. Four years ago, there's only one thing that'll stop the NFL train. There's only one thing that'll stop it. That's a woman. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a woman, a woman or many women that will will knock this stuff off. It's the biggest threat to the NFL than anything else. It's bigger than steroids. It's bigger than any kind of cover-ups that they're trying to, you know, know, DUIs or anything. It's women. It's the biggest thing, and it'll be the the only thing that takes it down. Because why? Simple. You got murderers playing for the NFL. You got guys with domestic violence over there still playing in the NFL. This continues up on that level. The women get involved with it, and it will definitely affect the bottom line that's coming to the to the NFL. You know, you got mm-hmm. the domestic violences and things that involve women are the things that tear about. We don't even care about rapists or murderers anymore, Cuervo. We don't care about the the. Um, steroids and everything else the main focus in and the NFL needs to have a main focus in to make sure that the the cut doesn't turn into a gash is is women's Mm -hmm. issues and it involves football players 
and that is what will take the NFL down. It's the only thing that can take it down because murderers don't have any problems. People breaking the law, alcohol, drugs, and anything else affects it absolutely no way except one. And and that and obviously just to throw the conspiracy up a little bit more, you got all this stuff going on. And then you got Colin Kaepernick, who didn't do a cotton-picking thing, who is stellar off the football field. He may not be stellar on the football field, but this guy doesn't have off-the-field problems per se. I mean, obviously, wearing a a Cuban dictator's T-shirt is probably not the smartest thing to do, but the guy hasn't been arrested. He hasn't done anything stupid. He's not a dope addict, you know, and this guy can't get on a football field. So that's where I go back to, is this a possibility of Colin? Kaepernick getting blackballed, I tell you, he's not just getting blackballed. They're doubling up on the Cuervo because you watch Jameis Winston after three games is still playing football after the nonsense that he's done. So do you want a Colin Kaepernick who does peaceful protests, or do you want some guy groping women all over the football field? What are you going to promote? They're promoting the bad portion of people's uh, you know, personalities, murderers, rapists, gang, all of it. You can, you can find them all out on the football field. Yeah, and, and I and I've heard people say that you know may, you know maybe they should uh, maybe they should cut Jameis Winston just remove him from the roster, and you know I thought about it and I was like, well, that's a lot of money to to just take a, a penalty on, but then it's really not though because he's going into his I think fourth year, uh, and I believe this is the last year of his rookie contract. So if he's that's due to case, make. Seven- Hundred and ten thousand dollars square vote this year, and this suspension will oh, cost nothing. them, I think, a hundred and hundred and forty thousand for the three that's game nothing. suspension. That's I, I that's think, nothing I compared that's... to what his next contract will be. But he's got to get to that next contract, Cuervo. He's got to well, get to that and... next. So that that's where now strategy gets involved with it. There's not going to be a football team if they're smart. And but let me just throw this back at you. There's not a lot of smart football teams out there. But he's if, if this guy mm-hmm. gets another contract after his rookie year, he'd be lucky. So his best bet is to, and and I've heard it differently. And I heard it differently because someone thinks that this guy's going to get picked up from another football team. If they're smart enough, they don't touch him. If he protests, that he'll get his full 710000 this year and try to lift the rest of his life off the money that he's made in, in NFL contracts and the sponsorships and all this other stuff if he doesn't get out on the football field. I cannot think of any football team right now that can afford to take a shot on Winston and not only that, Cuervo, pay him the amount of money that they want to because this Colin Kaepernick thing, that if someone signs him, it'll open that floodgate all over again. Yeah, it will, and you know, that, to me, I mean, I think that's probably the biggest reason why he's not getting signed by anybody is because you open up Pandora's box when you sign Colin Kaepernick. Absolutely, and, and you know, you, nobody wants to be that team that does it. And but I honestly, like, at this point, if you're a team that has nothing to lose, then why why not sign him? Honestly, like why not sign him? Because at least he's staying quiet right now. 
You know, it's not like, hey, the I, president's I wanna... talking about him more than the media. Yeah, and and I mean, and that's 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 a problem in itself. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. To me, I think if you're a team, like I said, that needs a quarterback, and you really have nothing else to lose, then why not at least give Colin Kaepernick an opportunity to try out for your, for your yep. football team? Absolutely. I mean, that, that, nobody's saying sign him. Just have him come, invite him for a workout. Have him come do a workout for you. See what kind of shape he's in. See where his head is at. That's going to be the biggest thing. You want to see where his head is at right now. And, I mean, if you like what you hear, you like what you see, then maybe maybe assign him, you know, million bucks, 800000 whatever the case may be. But, I mean, that situation is better than having a guy on your roster that you have made the face of your franchise, but yep. but also has a history of not being able to keep his hands to himself. And, and to me, that that's – I have a problem with that. I mean, I, I don't know if I could be a, a, a an owner or a GM or team president of a franchise where my star quarterback is known for being a guy that can't keep his hands to himself. So, yep. I, I don't know. To, to me, I think Tampa Bay at this stage, I mean – Let's let's look at it from a football perspective, Sonny. You look at the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? They're in the NFC South. Okay, Carolina is is, is a playoff team. All right, New Orleans is about to be there. They made the playoffs last year. I think they're going to stay there uh, as long as Drew Brees continues to perform at a high level. So yeah, in contention anyway. Right Atlanta, I mean, honestly, they're hit or miss, but they did make the Super Bowl two years ago, so they could. That whole division could be a potential, you know, playoff division. And then you got lonely old Tampa Bay sitting down there, you know, winning six game, five, six games a year. I mean, that that's the reality, the reality of it, Sonny. If they let Jameis Winston go and they start over at quarterback, I mean, it's not like they were in contention for the division anyways. So you might as well – move in a different direction at quarterback and see what you can find, see what you can get. And, and if Colin Kaepernick is an option and that there's an opportunity there, why the hell not? I mean, honestly, this would be, this would be a great opportunity for the Buccaneers to sign him. You know, one guy is a pain in the ass on the way out and maybe a guy that, you know, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm just so over the Colin Kaepernick reasonings why he did it that, I mean, I would mm-hmm. think after two years no one cares, and maybe this could be a turnaround for the Buccaneers as well because, listen, right now, he, he, now, and this is where those arguments come in, who would you rather have right now, Colin Kaepernick or Jameis Winston? Well, Kaepernick hasn't had a football uniform on now for two years. So that's a big deal. But at the same time, the, the potential of getting it back, I think there's more potential in reality between Colin Kaepernick than there would be with the Jameis Winston. Um, but uh, you, 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 you hopped into accidentally my next subject of what we're going to talk about as far as that situation is concerned. It's the division. We're talking about the NFC South. And right now, the Atlanta Falcons right now, they're a football mm-hmm. team that needs something, and right now they're publicly putting it out there. They don't like the relationship 
that is going on right now with Julio Jones and Terrell Owens. And there's another – now, you can say whatever you want about this. This happened earlier in this week, and I know exactly what it is. It's that reputation of who the guy is. It's not necessarily Terrell Owens. Now, he does the silly thing and not he's not going to do the Hall of Fame, okay? He, he, he's very controversial. The last thing the Atlanta Falcons need is the Terrell Owens in the corner of your biggest star. You can say whatever you want about the Atlanta Falcons, whether it's Matt Ryan or anybody else. The biggest star on that football team is uh, – is Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons want him to have no part of a Terrell Owens right now. And that is a big story that, that was out earlier this week. It was like Wednesday when this hit where the franchise came straight out. They don't want him having any part of them. And that is a problem. And in reality, since Terrell Owens hasn't hit the field since I think what, 2010, 2009, and he wants to try to make it back and play after he's been put into the Hall of Fame, which I didn't think were part of the rules. I didn't think he could be in the Hall of Fame and play. I might be wrong about that. But this guy is back in the news. And in the South, the Atlanta Falcons don't need the distraction of what a Terrell Owens is, especially now, whether it be him trying to get back into the NFL or this nonsense about him not you know, going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean – Honestly, like, what did what did T.O. do to the Atlanta Falcons that they just – they want their star receiver nothing to do with him? Like, do they even know why they're saying that? Like, what did T.O. Uh, – I guess, what did he do or what did – is it just because of who he is? Is that what it's about? It, yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to understand the situation. Well, it, it's, the, it, it's the team. It's the, it, I know what it is. And it, it goes back to my story about the pig. You don't, you know, the reputation of what a Terrell Owens is. And what's the reputation? It's not his off the field problems. It's his locker room cancer. And you don't want your biggest superstar to be learning how to be a locker room cancer. And I think that's what's going on here. As far as the Atlanta Falcons are concerned, they got enough problems anyway. They don't need their biggest star to become a locker room cancer, meaning they want to keep Julio Jones at bay. They don't want him going out and doing some of the crazy stunts that they would fear he would do with a relationship with the Terrell Owens. Because Terrell will be going, man, you shouldn't be putting up with this shit. You're, you're, you're the big man on the totem pole here. Nobody else going care. And now all of a sudden you've got a diva in the locker room, which is what Terrell Owens was known as, a, a locker room cancer and a diva. And with Matt Ryan – Say whatever you want about him. He's not living up to his potential as a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. That's the last thing they need to do is have a ticked off Julio Jones. Remember, they gave up the farm to St. Louis to get him. You don't want him upset about something, and their relationship is just too rocky. Well, it could become too rocky with the influence of a guy who's considered a locker room cancer. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get the – I understand, the. I guess, the logic behind it. Um, but here's the thing. Here's my question, Sonny. Does, does Julio Jones 
have that type of reputation where he's considered a cancer, he's considered a troublemaker, he's considered a, ba- a guy in the locker room that causes problems. And it, the answer, to, at least my understanding, is no, he's not. So, no, he's just an injury problem. Okay, and, and you know what? That doesn't equal moral problems. That just that just means he's not as healthy as you would like him to be. And guess what? Maybe, just maybe, I don't know, Sonny, maybe, maybe I killed some brain cells thinking too hard about this. Gio <laughs> looks like he's in pretty damn good shape. Four, maybe four. he's helping Julio get stronger, get faster. Just maybe. I don't know. Call me crazy. Maybe they're just working out together, and that's all there is to it. See, that's four, the 40 40-yard right dash. Yeah. Well, yeah. for a 40 You know, Cuervo, I, I think I agree to you to a point. But I've, and this is, okay, this is a little bit of the back that I know about athletes. Okay. They're always talking. And sometimes they're not always talking to the best interests of the team. They're always, mm-hmm. And sometimes they're talking about the real simple things. It's about the money that's put in your pocket. Now, if you look at the other side of that whole thing and you've got your guy, Julio Jones, all right, $71 million that he signed back in 2015, that included $47 million guaranteed. And he's up for that to be done. Now, that – is one thing when you take a look at the numbers, okay? Antonio Brown, $17 million annually. Julio Jones is making less than him, okay? Devontae Adams, he makes $14.5 million, okay? He makes less than Devontae Adams, okay? So you get a guy like Terrell mm-hmm. Owens going, you better go get your money. It's the influence. It's about the negative influence that a Terrell Owens is. It, that's what it's all about. I, you can, you, we can try to, 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 but the Atlanta Falcons came out and said they don't like the relationship. This is real simple. Why? And, you know, as it is within the NFL, you know, you, you, we, can, we, can, we can do the Joan Rivers, right? You know, but really, when you think about it, it's about what will end up happening if Terrell gets in his ear. Must be the money, Cuervo. And that's another thing. They don't need him in his ear saying, oh, you deserve this much. You should get this much. And all of a sudden, Terrell Owens becomes a quote-unquote agent of uh, Julio Jones. They just don't want it. Okay, okay. That's fine. But let me ask, let's ask a real question here. Don't you think Julio's worth it anyways? Julio is considered the best in, in the game right now. All right, him and – I mean, it's – it's you can argue Antonio Brown, Odell, Julio Jones. Those are your top three receivers. So even if he is in his ear about go get your money, go get your money, nothing wrong with that because guess what? Julio is worth the money that, you know, unless it's a ridiculous amount – and it's like $200 million, like the Atlanta Falcons have to sit and think about, well, he kind of is pretty valuable to the team. But if the Atlanta Falcons want to be cheap about it, they're going to wind up losing him. And 
that could wind up being a bad thing too. So yep. he could be in his ear all he wants. He could be in his ear all he wants, Sonny. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, you guys should probably pay him anyways. Okay. So the, let him get in his ear. Negotiations still have to happen. And an agreement still has to happen. So that's really that's on Julio whether he takes the advice or not, whether he allows Tio to influence him or not. But again, that's all speculation. You know, I mean, we don't know what they talk about. We don't even know if if contract comes up, and I'm sure it does. But you know, just the fact that. Tio is, is, you know, with uh, talking to some, we automatically assume the worst of it. It's 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 a negative, it's a negative reaction, and, and why does it have to be a negative reaction? So it, and it's kind of like the same thing with Colin Kaepernick. What did Tio do that people make him out to be such a bad guy? He never got arrested. He never got. You know, he never groped a woman in an Uber vehicle, which Uber wasn't around when he was playing, but you get my point. He never groped yep. on a woman. He never, uh, you know, he never got a DUI. He never murdered anybody. He never got uh, uh, suspended for, uh, never arrested. you know, uh, for PEDs or anything like that. Never arrested. Nope. Like, none of that stuff. The worst thing that T.O. did was speak his mind. That's the worst thing he's ever done, Sonny. That's the honest truth. He's going he up against his the mind. man. He's going up against the man, and that's what the man don't like. And that's what. And if you believe other people, that's what. That's what some people. But also, just to let you know, okay, when I say the man, you know what I'm talking about—the white man, the NFL, the, the owners of that whole thing. But I'm going to tell the you, suits. there's some player players in that locker room that didn't like the fact that he was standing up the way he was to the man. And the reason why is every time he opens up the mouth, it ran the risk of them not getting their money. And some of them didn't want any part of it. So you got people on T.O.'s side and you got some others that are saying, hey, you're affecting the bottom line. And that's the money that's going to get in my pocket. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. That's that's what his legacy is, and it's only proven it. And then he makes a stupid decision about the, the Hall of Fame. He, he he continues with stupid decisions that may not be illegal, but it does create friction, whether it be from some of the players going, man, why don't you shut your mouth, or owners saying, hey, why don't you shut your mouth? So it, it's one of those things. It's, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, T.O.'s, you know, kind of flipping the bird off to the NFL and everything else with this next one, that, that could be there too. There's a lot of things in play when you're talking about Terrell Owens. So, you know, it could be that as well. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see what more happens as far as the T.O. story is concerned, see how much more he's going to be in the ear of, you know, uh, Julio Jones. And really in reality, Atlanta, they don't want no part of it because of what, what the um, the reputation of what a Terrell Owens is, good, bad, or indifferent, it's just their belief. Now, that also has a case that Cuervo, you know, we, we're talking about a sport that we love, Cuervo. We talk about a sport that we love. 
there's only so many guys out there that have an influence on what happens in the game. And those guys are few and far between because of the fact it's about whether or not you have any power. When you talk, do you have any power? Do you create, you know, a stance? Do you, can you make a shot against the NFL and shut him up? And right now, there's a guy out there that is quite possibly, and I say quite possibly because I'm not so against the idea of the uh, of a Brett Favre pushing the end of tackle football in youth sports. And I am not against this 100%. Matter of fact, I think I'm all right with it. But Brett Favre right now is making noise on the youth side of it to where they don't need to be putting on that. And I don't know how far he wants to go. I know he wants youth sports, but where does the quote-unquote youth sports stop? Does that stop when it's in middle school? Does it start in high school? Where is that going to start? This is going to be a story. This is one thing that can have kind of a fluence on the NFL, um, more in the fact that now you don't have scouts, you know, you know, hanging out at middle school things, you know, middle school watching. Believe it or not, it happens. I know it. I've seen it. But Brett Favre right now wants to stop all youth tackle football. And I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of people behind him. And you want to know who's behind him? Mamas. Mamas are behind him. And if Brett Favre, I mean, Brett Favre right now, you want to talk about a guy that took the beating in the NFL? It was Brett Favre, especially his last three years when he was in Minnesota. That guy was black and blue, literally, uh, by the time he mm-hmm. came off the football field on many, many occasions. So, you know, you got the combination of pictures, which you, all you got to do, put, it, put in a Google search of pictures and Brett Favre injuries and see what you'll see. You'll see a guy that was beaten and bruised all his life through this game. And this is a big story, Cuervo, and I don't know how much the NFL will get behind it, but when you hear about a Brett Favre coming out and saying no more tackle football for youths, what are you hearing? Yeah, you know, I really haven't heard a whole lot of this story, Sonny, to be completely honest with you. But, um, I mean, I can speak on just the, the subject of stopping youth tackle football, and I've heard this from, from a few guys. Uh, uh, and not necessarily that they would stop it. They, would just, uh, they wouldn't allow their children to play. So, like, right. guys like Kurt Warner, uh, yep. you know, said that he wouldn't allow his children to play. Uh, I think it was there was you know what there was another big name too recently that said it and for the life of me I'm I can't remember who it is now it is a big name star but the the point is it you know you you have to take a step back and you have to think about why are they saying these things and it's not because they don't want their children to follow in their footsteps or or they don't want them to be successful it's because of the risk that is involved in playing a game at such a young age. Yep. And, and, and even, even, uh, you know, grow man to grow man. I mean, there's, there's, there's risk that's involved every time you step on that field. I mean, you know, you look at Ryan Shazier as an example, um, you know, he goes to make, he goes to make an innocent tackle and yep. all of a sudden he's, he can't move. Like it just kind of happens. It's that quickly. changed. 
forever. And I think exactly. I'm thinking you're thinking uh, a Troy Aikman um, who came out on, if I'm not mistaken, it was that HBO Real Sports where Aikman says he, if he had, he, um, he, you know, with his kids, he, he wouldn't let them play, you know, at, at that young age. I know, I know uh, Troy Aikman is a guy that's talked about. Hell, even Adrian Peterson, I think, if I, if I remember correctly, was talking about that he wouldn't let his kid play. And, um, um, and I think it was Drew Brees. I know he's got a son. I think he said he wouldn't let him play until he at least got in his mid-teens. So there's some big names. Kurt Warner, obviously, being the one that just came out recently that was talking about it. But, yeah, Cuervo, there are a lot of big guys out there who say, hey, listen, we're not going to let it happen. Mike Ditka, I think, even said that he wouldn't have – was it Ditka who said it? It was a – I think it was Ditka. I think Ditka said that he wouldn't let his kids play, knowing what he knows today. Um, and yeah. that one right there, I think, is more influential than some of the other ones. Yeah, it, it, it was either a big name coach, big name player. It might, I mean, I can't remember. It was, it, it was recently though, but pretty crazy that um, you know that they would make those statements. So, right. um, you know, not that they're wrong. It's just you would never expect that from Hall of Fame guys of their caliber. So you would think if anything, they're going to promote the league, but I mean, that goes to show you so many times change and, and, uh, you know, people change. So it's yeah. uh, pretty, it's pretty interesting. It's a, it's amazing. The power of this and, and what Brett Favre has is mama's behind him. And that, that's an interesting mm-hmm. story, story as well. So watch out for that one. We will probably be talking about that one a little bit later because as the time goes on, Cuervo, we're going to be talking more about those kind of things as far as where it's going to have an impact upon the NFL and the players. Now, should it have an impact on what's going to happen with players or, or things like that? Will there be less from a – uh, pool to take from that part. I don't know. It'd be very interesting to find out, but um, you know, when you, when you have Brett Favre behind it, it I think it, it carries some weight, but by the way, Cuervo, just some good news. We, we've been, you know, sometimes we, we got into a bad thing, um, but the mm-hmm. good, good news really in reality, Cuervo is, is that one of my favorite players is out of the hospital again, which is good. Now I'm talking about, of course, Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly. He's been released from the New York hospital a day after having surgery uh, for um, to to get dentures and reconstruction of an upper jaw. Um, so there are a lot of things going on with this guy, whether it be injuries and things of the sort that he suffered from the past by playing the game or his cancer. Uh, this guy can't seem to stay out of the hospital in order for him to get some kind of dentures he had to get you know a surgery on his upper jaw so he could get get them so i don't know if that's from the game mm-hmm. or not but i'm glad to hear that he's out of the hospital one of my favorites yeah no i mean it's definitely a great story um you know as far as him being able to fight and battle and, and really he's he's beaten it you know once or twice now so um that goes to show you that just he he definitely you know treasures what? his Guy's life and fighter. what he has and and yeah he's definitely oh yeah he's a he's a big time fighter and and 
you know, I, I, I definitely hope that he continues to stay fighting and he can, he can stay, uh, stay strong and, and beat it again. But uh, yeah, it was good news to hear that he was, you know, out of the hospital and seems to be doing, you know, pretty well right now. Definitely. Hey, up on some other news, Cuervo, and I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I will tell you, there, you know, we talked a little bit about Terra Loans, but the Eskimos in Canada are looking at them. And if you look at the Tiger Cats, uh, Jones coming out about one Johnny Manziel. Uh, Johnny Manziel should be in the NFL. Should he not? I Hell, I don't know. Um, you know, yeah, until so he proves the guy still hasn't really played in the game. So I, I don't know how Jim Jones can say that Johnny Manziel should be on an NFL squad. I think it's become, from a maturity standpoint, I think is maybe where he's coming more so than talent. But, I mean, Terrell Owens is getting some looks up there. Now, just for anybody that don't know, and I want to just put this out there for you, okay? When Terrell Owens, if any player, they signed a two-year contract. Okay, to stay in in uh, the CFL, that's the Canadian Football League. Now, normally, and I say normally, normally they don't let you change those contracts in Canada. But I, if Terrell Owens or um, Manziel is part of it, I'm going to tell you right now, there's some there's some wording for them to get out of the and so they can go play in the NFL before the two year contracts up. I I know it so. Does Terrell Owens going to the Eskimos in the Canadian Football League interest you at all, Cuervo? Owens? T.O. T.O., yes. It's out there. It's out there. Well, I tell you, it would definitely get a lot of attention um, because of the fact that, number one, it's T.O., number two – you know, a lot of people see that they saw the video, I'm sure, of, of him running the 40. So now the curiosity starts to grow. And, well, can he, can he put on the pads and helmet and still go out there and, and produce? Can he still go out there and, and you know, beat the guy in coverage? Or, or you know, it, your curiosity starts to grow. And, and if a team was to sign him, uh, yeah, it's going to get a lot of attention. A lot of people are going to be interested. A lot of people are going to. They're going to want to know, like, you know, if he still has it. I mean, just like we watch Tom Brady every year. At 40 years old now, everybody's going to be watching to see, like, you know, how how high of a level he can perform. Um, I mean, the situation is different because Brady's been active this whole time. But sure. the fact of the matter is they're, they're, you know, they're in their 40s now. It's like normally – you look at them and say, yeah, that you know that they don't have it anymore. That they're not, they're not going to perform at the level that you're used to seeing. But some guys just can, they can defy the odds. And and I think for for Terrell Owens, maybe he's he's one of those guys that can do it. I 44 years old, just ran a 4-4. Um, so I mean, and I saw the video, and the video has been confirmed. So it's not like it's. You know, the the speed or they were just saying he was faster than what he was. I mean, you know, so all that's been confirmed. So it's not like it's not like this guy is uh, doing it. But, yeah, the Eskimo has put Terrell Owens on their negotiation list. And, and just so that you know, in Canada, in uh, the CFL, Canada Football League, 
they have to express to the league who they're interested in. They have to let them know. They have to give them a list of guys that they're actively trying to uh, bring on to their football team. And Terrell Owens was one of them for the Eskimos. That's within the rules of the league up there. Uh, so that's something. Um, let me hop here just really quick. And uh, now the question will be, you know, now you're talking a – Terrell Owens up that way. Now, Johnny Manzo hasn't uh-huh. played for the Tiger Cats. I think this is a great place for him. We talked about this, you know, four months ago, maybe five months ago. I, I, I even begged, have this guy go to Canada. Let's prove it. Let's see if he can prove himself out on the foot. Never mind the maturity. I, I, and maybe, I, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just too rough on young people. I, I think it takes a lot longer than the amount of time that Johnny Manzo's been out of the game to mature. Maybe it's me. Maybe I may, maybe that's too mm-hmm. much. Maybe I'm being unfair to the young man. But the question will be is will he be able to do it out on the football field? So when you're talking about Johnny Manziel, you're not just talking about the talent out on the football field. You're, you're talking about a maturity that a lot of teams are afraid to take a shot on. Well, yeah, and, and, and it's understandable why. Because you, you can't help but think in the back of your mind at any given moment, this guy's going to do something stupid or say something stupid and you're going to instantly regret, you know, the, the, the decision to bring him on your football team. So yeah, I get it. It's, it's a roll of the dice, Sonny, but um, the only way you're going to know is if you give the kid a chance and, and if he, you know, you give the kid a chance and, and he screws it up, at least, you know, at least, at least he can't say that he never got the opportunity. He can dwell in his own thoughts and soak in his own thoughts and, and think about the fact that, man, I screwed up. I got, I got two tries at it, at playing professional football, and I messed it up. So, I mean, he's going to have to move on with his life with that thought if, if he decides he's going to mess it up again. Yeah, and just I think uh, Tim for this. Uh, Tim, you know, I, I follow Canadian football. I don't follow it deep like I do, obviously, indoor football or the NFL. But according to him, he's going to back up because they got an established quarterback for that place for the uh, team over there. It's His name is Muzzoli, M-U-S-O-L-I. I'm not even sure who he is, I mean, or I've heard of him. I can't even say I've heard of him, but – um, but he's the established guy up there for them. So whether or not he actually hits the football field for them, that's going to be the big question uh, going forward there. So, you know, some crazy stuff going on in, in the NFL. I'm glad we're on air today um, as far as that's concerned because the, the stories don't seem to end um, with the next story we're going to talk about, Cuervo, whether it's one week to another you end up talk, sitting there talking about Tom Brady again. Tom Brady retiring. Tom Brady retiring. I mean, this, this is a story that don't go away for and I don't even know why. I think it's pretty well said that this guy's going to be back. Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't think there's a snowball chance in hell that Tom Brady don't play this year. And in fact, if he missed any time, I think it should be strategic. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. You look back up on the season that Tom Brady had, when he was suspended for the first four four games of the season, man, I think I'd uh-huh. almost do that every single year with Tom Brady. I'd sit him out the first four games and bring him back in, and and I mean, and and that and that's because of the way the division plans out. 
Miami sucks. Buffalo, I don't know if they're going to be good. They're hot and cold. And the Jets, you want to talk hot and cold. Oh, my gosh, the only established team within that division of football is the Patriots. I mean, and, and by the way, they can win games without Tom Brady. It's been proven. Look at Jimmy G. He did it. I mean, this, this team can win without Tom Brady. I think, it, you know, for a strategic standpoint, I don't know if Tom Brady would go for it. I mean, can you prove it to him? Say, hey, Tom, look at your stats when you miss the first four games, regardless of the reason why. Uh, but look at your stats. You had an MVP caliber season, and you missed the first four games. I mean, what do we need as a football team? We need consistency. We need that guy. We need a guy that can do it. And maybe a 16-game season is way too much for Tom Brady, but maybe a 12 can prolong your playing career if that's, in fact, what he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, and that's his choice, you know. He can play as, as long as he feels like he can play. Um, but I tell you, the, the reason why you're hearing these things, Sonny, is because some of the comments that Tom Brady made, I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, you know, it's pretty much saying that uh, – that he's what was his exact quote like he's not he's not uh he doesn't feel it as much as he used to anymore or he's not uh you know he feels like this is probably going to be his you know he's coming down to the wire on his career in other words just to sum up what he said he is I mean, I mean, I don't know what people were expecting, Sonny. Like, you know, I'm gonna play till I'm sixty. Like, I don't I don't know what people were expecting. I mean, I get it. You know, Patriot fans. Patriot fans, they don't want to cope with uh, the reality that, that Tom Brady's going to have to retire one day. But guess what? I mean, you know, you just have to enjoy it while you can. You know, you're probably never going to be the, fran- the same franchise ever again. But uh, enjoy it now while it lasts because I-, I don't see them winning any more Super Bowls, at least for a long time, uh, once he's gone. I, I find it interesting that the media like really hangs on every word this guy says. I mean, I mean, we talked about that before, Cuervo, where where mm-hmm. I say something and, and they don't mean they don't mean anything they're saying. They're just trying to shut them up and get the get the guys out in front of them. We talked about that, this on the show, you know, Big ben. a lot. Big ben I mean, yeah, yeah, Big Ben is the is, is the one before this one. Big Ben, I mean. Come on, and can anybody listen to something that someone says and hears, you know, maybe it's me, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I can hear sarcasm from a mile away, okay? And, you know, and when I heard this one, I was like, well, geez, of course he's, of course he's not feeling, he's a year later. I mean, it's not all going to be, you know, you know, carnations and roses, okay? Sometimes you're going to get a daisy, and he's getting older. It takes, it's just like getting out of the bed when you get older, Cuervo. It takes a little bit longer. When I was 35, I'd hop sure out does. of bed and go to work. Now it takes me about 20 minutes just to get my ass out of bed, okay? It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the natural thing of life, and why Tom Brady, yeah. you know, why people have to listen to him and think this guy is completely serious about hanging it up. I think they're crazy. This guy's playing this year. Now, next year, you know, during the season after he takes a brutal hit, you know, through the season, you're going, well, you know, this this is going to be the one that hangs it up. You know, 365 days don't seem like a lot, but when you're 40 and you're playing a young man's game and those guys are getting bigger, stronger, faster, 
each and every year. You know, yeah, I, you know. Hey, I bumped into football players, and they left bruises. I just bumped into them, Cuervo. That's how strong these guys are. They're like rocks, for God's sake. I had a bruise on my <laughs> upper arm. I ran into a linebacker that plays in, plays in the indoor football leagues that we're in, and the guy was a stone. I'm telling you, the guy was a stone. I had a bruise on my upper arm. Yeah, Harlan, you did it to me. Um, I had a bruise on my upper arm for three weeks. I mean, so I can't even imagine getting really hit by these guys. I just got bumped into one by one. I, I, I can't even imagine it. And at 44, you know, that's when I started, I think, feeling my age. I was like, hey, you know, you know, I'm beginning to feel it. You know, I still feel young, but, you know, 40, yeah, it was about 44. And look at Terrell Owens. That guy's a rock, too. I don't know how he does it. That guy has been a physical physique. He could have, he could be on statues, Cuervo. He chop off Terrell Owens' head. I don't mean that literally. And, and put him on a statue. He, he, he looks like a, a you know a statue for God's sake. Yeah, a lot of these guys do. I mean, and, I mean, you have to be in tip-top shape. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody was questioning him playing this year. I think everybody knew he was going to play this year or he had intention. To... I think after this year is what everybody's kind of freaking out about or, or, or concerned about is like, oh, my God, is he going to come back after this year? And uh, Did they take a quarterback in the draft quarter? I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, you know what? Now you got to make me use Google, aren't you? Thank you. No, no, they did. They did. It was in the, I think, fourth or fifth round. Oh, they got, I can't remember. It was, it was late another, in the draft. Uh, <laughs> then they get they got Brady in the sixth round. So, you know. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. They still have Brian Hoyer on there. On their, oh, God. I just said it. <laughs> And he's your favorite, Sonny. We know. He's, yeah, he's a patriot, man. Yeah, there he is. Um, Danny Danny Itling, is that his name? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, they grabbed this guy up, and so uh, Danny Itling out of, it looks like LSU. Oh, yes, I do remember him. He actually got a strong arm, Corey, though. That, that, you know. I don't know much about him. You know, I don't I don't follow LSU football like you guys do. Um, so, but uh, I have heard good things about him and his arm. So, um, mm-hmm. he, he actually Purdue and LSU, at least according to this. So, um, he made his way around a little bit in college. So, sat out the year from transferring from one year another. So he had a five year career in college. Um, so, you know, if anybody can take a guy and change who he is. It's the Patriots because really Tom Brady was an afterthought in the sixth round. I don't even think they cared that they grabbed this guy up. So, and it was, I think it was Vinny Testaverde went down. That's the only reason why we even seen Tom Brady as early as we did is because Vinny Testaverde went down when he got hurt um, uh, when he was playing for the Patriots. So there you go. Was it Testaverde or somebody else? I got, I, sometimes the old brain doesn't work complete, you know, so, but I think it was almost, I think it was Vinny Testaverde that went down as the reason who he replaced. So, uh, Tom Brady? No, it was Drew yeah. Bledsoe that went down. Oh, Bledsoe. It was, yeah, those two, those two guys are like Vinny Testaverde and Bledsoe. They're kind of like the same guy to me. So, that's, yeah. <laughs> they're the same, yeah, they're the same guy. <laughs> Washed well, they, up career, you know. Really, I mean, you know, none of them are really great, for God's sake. They didn't stand no, out. No, you're I mean, right. 
You're right yeah, about that. They, they, they are the same guy, for God's sake. Is they, this is I mean, true. As as football talent is concerned, obviously. Um, but yeah, they, they're never anything really to write home to mama about. But um, but uh, lots of stuff going on in the NFL. Lots of other news that we're going to be talking about. We do need to uh, skip out and take a break. Of when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the news that are going on in the NFL. There's some there's some NBA news I want to talk about as well. Uh, interesting things going on there. Uh, landing places for LeBron James, we don't care. There's some other news in the NBA I want to talk about, and a video that I saw, and I don't, I, I, I don't know if you sent it. Someone sent it to me. I forget who it was, but it was a really interesting video regarding Michael Jordan, regarding Magic Johnson, and uh, it is a very interesting video. So we're gonna we're gonna hop into that one. I think that was me. Was that you? Is you the one that sent that to me? I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in a long time. I tagged that, you in it, it. Yeah, it. it, it the dream I'm gonna team, tell right? You, when I was look, when I was watching it, I was like, guys, it, it, everybody needs to watch this. If you guys want to sit there and you want to talk about what kind of guys these guys are, you know, you know whether Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson, back into the days, and Larry, Larry Bird, and all this, you need to watch this video. The video is very, I, I found very interesting, very informative on the type of guys that they are outside of what's going out on the basketball court. And that's always interesting to me. So let's do that. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little NBA. We'll get obviously more into the NFL because there's more NFL news. We'll take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to that being said. The Sunday morning tradition continues. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast. Scooter's only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooter's, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com that's Brian with a Y, not Nye Chadwick, dot jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. 
That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we are a motivated team of coaches with the mindset of helping you achieve and reach your highest goals. Having developed and trained over 100 Division I athletes as well as Division II athletes, even professional athletes, the Bullet Team definitely has the knowledge and mindset to take you to the next level. Check out our new 22,000 square foot facility and 3,000 square foot weight room along with 4,500 square feet of outdoor turf and covered training area along with football and soccer fields. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. tradition it is that being said we are talking about a lot of things as far as the nfl is concerned and and there's plenty to talk about but i want to pop on over to the nba and a couple of reasons why and folks that are listening what's rowlett sonny what's rowlett folks our our show is right here in rowlett we got a lot of local sponsors of the Couch Potato Sports Show and uh, lots of people that listen within this area. So as far as our locals are concerned, uh, we appreciate their listening to our, our show. 
obviously, within the Rowlett Eagles. Also in the NBA, uh, one Jeffrey Carroll. I called it our first year calling Rowlett Eagles varsity basketball. Jeffrey Carroll was part of that basketball team. I've been following them through his career, his five-year career over at Oklahoma State, playing for the Cowboys, was just signed for uh, the NBA to play with the Los Angeles Lakers on a free agent, uh, a non-drafted free agent contract and this contract is a different kind of contract he is invited to camp if he does not make the team he will report to the uh los angeles lakers g league squad but he has a chance to make the big squad so and that's what his big thing was so uh employed whether we'll see him over here at the america uh the american airline center playing the dallas mavericks or if he will be over in Frisco when they're at the Dr. Pepper Arena taking on the Texas Legends part of the G League. That obviously being the D League was just taken over by Gatorade with sponsorship. So that's why they uh, changed the name to the Developmental League for the uh, NBA. So that having been said, that's the big story as far as what Sonny sees. Obviously, Sonny is you know going to try to promote his, his uh, local stuff going on. But in the NBA, there's other news besides Jeffrey Carroll being the big one for my locals. There's lots of other things that are going on. And the big story here, Cuervo, if you take a look at everything, is is that the draft came and gone, which, by the way, I watched the draft because I was watching for Jeffrey Carroll to see if he could get actually uh, drafted. But a couple of stories that came out of it, and one of them just was really simple as LeVar, LeVar Ball, yes, the big baller brand is back in there to one more of us talking, talking about little Angelo's chances to make the Los Angeles summer league roster. And it is in full up against my guy. And, and this is what kind of ticks me off. This guy is going to get my guy, Jeffrey Carroll, you know, you know, take his spot. Well, I don't. This is what I know, and this is what I've seen. Jeffrey Carroll was was spotted by twelve other basketball teams as a spot if he didn't if they didn't draft him that could have gotten him. And this big baller blend, Lavar Brawl, really is really really pushed on it. And um, this is really simple. They they are saying that he was promised a spot in the quote unquote summer league, and the Lakers did not extend that that olive branch out to Lil Angelo. God, you can't just name your kid Angelo. Anyway, uh, take away from that, Cuervo. This is a story that, you know, you got a guy who's, diarrhea of the mouth that is LeVar Ball, embarrassing his kids. And all you have to do is look at Lil, Lil Angelo's face when he was on, I think he was on the uh, Undefeated or Undisputed show. Um, and he was going, man, you can just look at his face and go, man, he was hoping his dad would finally shut up. And he isn't. Big baller brand. And this, in what's coming out, um, it, him not getting in the quote-unquote summer league spot has a detrimental effect on little Angeles' uh, chances of playing in the NBA. Well, how about the fact that the guy – and, and listen, I've read many articles, okay, Cuervo? This guy don't have the goods. His brother did. This guy doesn't have the goods. Now, whether or not question whether or not he should have been drafted in the first round is the big question, but little Angelo just doesn't have the goods, and whether he don't have the skills, the height, size, or the strength to play in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, 
Okay, first of all, you know, this guy's back in the league now. and uh, Yes. You know, we, we get to hear him talk even more. Than more. We, we care to even want to hear. But, you know, my thing is, like, I don't know, this this – this is ridiculous, Sonny. I mean, he, he's he expects all three of it. Like it, that's his plan. Like all three of them are going to play together and all this other stuff. You know, it, it sounds like a cool story and all that, but I mean, who who really expects this to actually happen is my question. And and you know, I mean, they couldn't even they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't handle business overseas. What makes you think they're going to be able to handle stuff here in the U.S. Absolutely. in the NBA, where every little every little move that you make is scrutinized? So, yep. to me, I, I think it's, it's just to me. I think the expectation he has is unrealistic. It, it's it's I don't know. I I don't uh, I don't think he really understands like the magnitude of what he says and, and and how people look at him. And, and I'm, I'm sure he doesn't care what people think, but it's just, I don't know. To me, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I was hoping that it would go away once, you know, Lonzo got drafted and this, this thing's just not, <laughs> it's just not going away. Man, so, it has expanded, hadn't it? I mean, yeah, it, it has. It's just like every week we hear this guy, and, and well, I mean, and first of all, I don't TV even understand why microphones are in this guy's face, Cuervo. That's what don't make sense to me. Well, he's got his own TV show and everything too, so that doesn't help out. Um, I don't know if you knew wow. that, but yeah, he's got his, they got I their own TV well. show. Let, let's just say, Cuervo, I didn't know that, and now that I know about it, the last thing I'm going to do is go take a look. And it's because of his reputation, Cuervo. The guy is known as a mm-hmm. blowhard. There's no question about it. Now, the blowhard portion of it helped the, one of the sons make it as a first-round draft pick uh, to the Lakers, which, by the way, the guy is not worth the first-round draft pick. Magic Johnson will go back on this one and go, man, did we mess up. But like I said last week, they made the biggest mistake by not giving this guy $5 million just to shut him up. Because, you know, every time Lonzo Ball opens his mouth, the, the Lakers are guilty by association. And and that is one of the things that why the Lakers had probably should not have done that. Um, granted, Rookie year, he was a rookie. I wasn't expecting much. Everybody else was Cuervo, but rookies are rookies are rookies, okay? And as much as I love Jeffrey Carroll, right. I don't expect him to go dominate the NBA and dominate the Los Angeles Lakers. I expect it's going to take him about two or three years, maybe four, you know, like it used to do in the day. You know, you become a better player as you play with better players, okay? Th- listen, First of all, Lil Angelo never played with some of the best college players ever. Why? He hasn't been there yet. Okay, so you know, to to compare this kid to anybody coming out, you know, whether it be a first or second round draft pick in, in the NBA, I mean, let me tell you something. 
Give me the guys that were drafted before you give me Little Angelo. I'll put my money on the guys that were drafted before I put money on this Little Angelo. The guy doesn't have the experience enough to play in the NBA right now. And we're all shocked that he's not in the NBA. I'm not. And we all shocked that the Lakers said, no, we're not going to bring him in here. I'm not. Lakers are not bound by this guy. It's not like they're married, which maybe they are. This is just the divorce portion of it where they're saying, listen, the marriage was great until you opened your mouth with your kid. Um, now you got another one that you want. You guys are driving us crazy. That's what you get. This is this guy's this guy's known as a, as just and I don't want lack of a better term. This guy's a leech. I mean, he'll leech up on anybody that'll give him money, and that's that's one of the other things I don't like about this guy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what he's all about. He's all about his money. So, yep. In reality, I mean, that's. He's going to do that. That's that's what he wants, and that's what he his goal is is to just because he never got it when he was a player, Cuervo. I mean, yeah. If you look at it, I think that has a lot to do with it. He's trying to make up for the dreams that he missed out on, and he's doing it through his children. And you know, honestly, well, I mean, obviously, but you know. (laughs) He's trying to live his his dream out through his kids and absolutely to an extent to an extent to an extent, Sonny. There's nothing wrong with that, but how far he's taken it, that is it's too much. It really is. So he's doing um, the talking now that he could never talk when he played with Michael Jordan back in the day. He still talks. talks. He says yeah, he well, could have beat Michael in college. Now, he, he didn't do a lot of talking back in the day, though, Cuervo. Why? You know, because he just now he was he's a doing like, talking like he's had a Hall of Fame career, and he's just going to make his kids. So he's actually <laughs> right. talking like he's playing now instead of being able to yep. do it back when he played, which was a joke anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he 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 claims that he could have beaten Michael in college back in the day. <laughs> Why is it when people start getting old, they start saying the stupid stuff? I mean, I know I, I've I've always been stupid. I've been saying stupid things for many years, so I don't even have age to blame it on. But I mean, good lord! I mean, this guy's old people now, and he's talking. You know, he talks the stuff that he talks. I I just find it very humorous. I find it very, you know, I find it very discouraging, and it takes. I think Levar Ball takes away from the game of his kids. I really do. And and what I mean by that, it's not about the performance, it's their enjoyment of the game. I I, I mean, they're never going to say anything bad about their dad, especially especially um, the one that plays for the Lakers. Um, I forget his name. Um, but that just goes to show how much he really plays. I, I forget his name. But the, mm-hmm. you know, I think they take away from the enjoyment of the game because, the, you know, it's one thing to put pressure on your kids. It's another just to overburden them with, 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 with expectations. And I think Little Angelo is going to be a big, big one. He's going to be that. He's going to be that guy. He's going to have those over expectations. And no offense against this kid. I don't know him. So in, he's only done one dumb thing, you know, the take away from that. Um, you know, I don't know what my expectations are for him. Uh, and here, and I'll even put it out there. I hope the kid could have some success. But I hope it's not because his 
diarrhea of the mouth dad won't shut up. Um, and, you know, sooner or later, there's something to be said about pride for doing it yourself instead of your daddy handing it to him as well. So I think there's a growing up process that's being missed here as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely uh, <laughs> definitely a lot of talking going on. I don't know. Interesting, so early <laughs> enough. It is. So the the big baller brand is, uh, you know, again, back in the news, which I wish he was, wish they weren't, but they are. But that is said. But let's get back to some of the news that is happening in the NBA, some of the things that, that, that have happened that I find interesting. And the fact is that Kraft comes and goes, and one, Clyde Leonard, was not part of any kind of trades or anything. I found that very interesting, Cuervo. To me, and maybe it's me, but I look at Kawhi Leonard's game and I say, I think he's worth a draft pick. Cuervo, that didn't happen. And that, is this a sign of what some of the teams think about Kawhi Leonard, whether or not, first of all, they need him or not. But when when you say Kawhi Leonard, what is going on to where you don't make that offer? Because everything I've read, there were no offers from the Spurs to put him out there, Cuervo. So I found that very interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, if you're a franchise and that is not interested in Kawhi Leonard, um, I think the Golden Fire. State Warriors are probably the only team yeah. that should honestly say, we don't really need Kawhi, just like they don't need LeBron. Every other franchise should be breaking their neck to get this guy. Are you kidding you me? You would think. Yeah, you would think so, but it's just, for whatever reason, it's not happening. And I think people are jumping to conclusions about Kawhi Leonard because, you know, the story is that, you know, he doesn't, um, he wasn't a, he didn't like the way that they handled his injury and stuff like that. Look, that's not, that's not, uh, you know, every franchise. That's just the way that the Spurs handled it. So in reality, I mean, it's you. You can't really blame it on on uh, Kawhi Leonard. Look, you know, and it doesn't make him a drama queen. And I think that's the problem that people have is that they're jumping to conclusions. They're like, oh, he's a drama queen, you know, because he's complaining about the way that that his injury was handled. Like, no, that that's not what it means. There, there's there's something else to the story than just oh well, he didn't like the way he handled the, the they handled his injury. Now he wants out. There's more to it than that. So absolutely, in my you know, in my opinion, um, think that he just wasn't happy in San Antonio for for whatever reason, which shocks me because we all felt. I mean, I think everybody felt like San Antonio was one of them franchises that everybody wants to play for. You know, because you got Greg Popovich and uh, you know, you know, the, just the history of 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 the franchise itself and the championships yep. and and the guys that played before them. And, you know, it was just, that's a, that's a destination that everybody would want to go to, but that's just not the case. Um, Cuervo, I want to say something that's going to blow your mind. You're going to think, and I have taken my crazy folk today just to tell you, I, I, okay. I, I must have, because I'm going to say something completely off the wall here, but right now, 
I wouldn't want to play for the San Antonio Spurs. And I wouldn't want to play for him because of Greg Popovich. Now, if you go back and listen to the archives, there ain't nobody who loved Greg Popovich more than me before to before my realization what's going on. Okay? Realization is is that not that he's a bad coach, folks. That's that's just the guy's one of the best that ever did it. But sooner or later, Cuervo, teams, players, guys on a team have to buy what you're selling. And as of late, they're not buying what's being sold to them by Greg Popovich. And, I, and the reason why, it, it could be uh, many reasons why, whether it's because they don't have the David Robinson, Tim Duncan guy, they don't have that, they don't have that star quality that they got because they're living off of old people like, you know, Monty Ginobili and uh, Tony Parker. And that's where my problem with Greg Popovich is right now. Cut the cord, man. Yeah, cut the cord. And listen, Monty Ginobili, he sucks, okay? He didn't used to, but he sucks, okay? Tony Parker, he sucks, okay? And this guy living on this guy. So, you know, it's, it, it's like staying one year longer than you really should when you play a game, you know, in, in professional sports. And the fact that Greg Popovich or and or company, whether it be Greg Popovich himself or the front office, you gotta get rid of these guys that are taking up space on your team that cannot contribute for more the future of this franchise. And I'm wondering if Kawhi Leonard feels this way. And I tell you the reason why is is that if you say Greg Popovich, the first thing you're saying, Hall of Fame coach. Why wouldn't you want to play there? Sooner or later, the magic rubs off, Cuervo, okay? You know, if you rub paint enough, it'll come off. And I think, I think that's where we are with Greg Popovich right now. He's not a great coach anymore, okay? And all you got to do is look at the last two to three seasons with him at the helm. I'm not saying they had bad seasons. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to be in playoffs. But that killer instinct, man, I, I think it's gone, Cuervo. I think it's gone. And one of the best coaches out there, I think that that is something that players recognize. Honestly, Sonny, um, I think this goes back. My thought on it is this goes back to you know a part of the conversation that we had last week, um, as far as where the state of the NBA and, and, and the state of the competitiveness in the NBA today. What you're saying kind of proves the point that the way that the Golden State Warriors have built their roster has ruined the league. And and I say that because what that's done is it's created this, this stigma that it's like, why even bother? Why, why even try to compete? That team is so much better than everyone else that why am I going to, break my back to try and beat this team. And, and, it's, and it's not even about like, oh, well, you know, the, the, you know, the guys aren't, they're not competitive like they used to be. Because if you think about it, if there was a team back in the 90s that had Magic Michael Larry, Shaq, Carl Malone all on one team, it, it would almost, it, it, it would kind of be equivalent to that. Where Every other team in the league's just like, what am I? Do I even bother? Like, and and I think that's where Golden State has ruined the league. 
teams like San Antonio and you know Houston tried to build a super team, they got they got ran off the floor. Like to me, it's just it's not it can't be competitive. It's not fun. If that makes any sense at all, it, it's just not even competitive because it's there's so much they're leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. They're so much better that it doesn't that the competition's not even fun to try and, and, and make of, you know, if that, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just talking out of my rear end, but I don't know if it makes any sense what I'm saying. And, and maybe Craig Popovich is just, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the things that he's gone through the past couple of months with his wife passing and all that stuff, that doesn't thing. help yeah. out. You know, that, that doesn't help at all. Um, you know, honestly, like, it's just the, the the way that the Golden State, the Warriors roster is built, the, the league has allowed this to happen. And now you're seeing the result of it. It's like, it's just not fun anymore. Like, it's not fun to play in the league. It's not fun to try and compete with a Golden State because, they're just so much better than everybody else that it takes it takes the fun out of competing against each other. And to, I believe that there is a such thing as that. And and so I mean, people can argue like, oh well, you know that that they don't have the com- competitive fire. You can say that, but I don't believe that for one second. I don't think it's I don't think that that's the problem. It's just. It's like it's like trying to climb a mountain that that has no top. You just keep climbing, keep climbing, keep climbing, and there's, you know, there's no end. No plateau. Kind of kind of thing, right? No plateau kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like yep. there's no mountain top. You just keep climbing, and there's no there's no there's no finish. I so I don't I, know. That's I think, the way I see it. I think you. I no. I get your point. I think I think it's a it, it is a very very good point. I, and and I, I no one loved Greg Popovich more than me because I'm going to tell you the reason why. There, when you got a team that was as good as they were, you still had someone to have a ring. That now, this is where I say that a Phil. And a Greg Popovich might not be great play, uh, great coaches, but maybe great managers of people. And there's a difference, I think. And I, I, I mean, we we could talk about it. I mean, we talked about it last week when everybody thought I was crazy. When I, you know, I think you know, I think Bill's overrated. And sometimes you got to be a guy who can handle people more so than coaching. You got some, sometimes you just got to let the talent take its place. And that's why, but in Greg Popovich's place, when you go back to David Robinson and you go back to Tim Duncan, that was more of a kind of mentoring thing that went on. And I don't think a lot of it had to do with Greg Popovich more so than the Admiral himself. So when, when I mm-hmm. say that, I think that maybe Greg Popovich is the problem in San Antonio. It's because it's finally wore its welcome out. It's done. I mean, because they haven't done anything as of late 
obviously. I mean, yeah, they make the playoffs. They get bumped in one round, then the next in the second, or whatever the case may be. But it's not that mm-hmm. domination that you're seeing. And I think that the fact of the matter is, is that maybe the coaching isn't as great as I may have thought it was, more so than the fact that he can lead people and let the talent do the work. And you had that with Ginobili, you had that with Parker, you had that with Duncan, and to the certain obviously extent with David Robinson and stuff like that. These guys were all-time greats. I mean, so you're looking at where they are now. I mean, we're talking about Monty Ginobili 10 years later. Why? Monty Ginobili should be out of the league. I can't even imagine him playing for another team or Tony Parker unless it was in such an incredibly very small role. Same with Tony Parker, but these guys had big portions. Now, granted, they didn't start a lot this year. They came in where Pop thought maybe they needed experience or to give someone a rest. I get it and understand, but when you say Monty Ginobili and you say Tony Parker, and, and now setting with what they got, no, they don't have a Kawhi Leonard. What the hell are the Spurs going to do without a Kawhi Leonard on that basketball team? I mean, granted, they didn't win anything because Kawhi Leonard was injured, and that's where I go back to the fact that maybe he's not a great coach. Maybe he's a great guy that can lead guys with some talent. And if, I, 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 I'm going to tell you right now, I think if Leonard was healthy, they might have gotten another one, Cuervo, just as recent as maybe two years ago. I mean that's that's a possibility. I could see uh, your point there. It's just, I mean, they would have had a fighting chance. Let's let's you know, yes. for the past five years, nobody's touching Golden State. No, so we'll be we'll be completely honest about it. And yeah. I and I hate it because it's not even it's not even about being competitive anymore. It's just about I'm going to buy the best team I possibly can, and the league's going to let me get away with it. Like. There's no right. parity in the league like there should be. I the think there needs there. to be parity in this league. Absolutely, Cuervo. I, I Every agree sport with should have parity. Every it's sport should there. have parity to some point. In the NBA, and that's why the NBA is not fun to watch, not even in the playoffs. Not, I barely watched the finals. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I barely yep. watched it because, to me, it just it wasn't entertaining. And, and and this comes back to the NBA being the reason why it's this way. There are rules against it, but the rules evidently aren't enough to where people will stop them from doing it. Like, if you remember back in the day when the Yankees were getting fined up the yin-yang for going over the sour cap, and they were getting fined big time, and, and the money's just kept growing and growing and growing. Obviously, the, the fines and the fees that are going on to – create the parity because of the salary cap are not stiff enough, at least for the Golden State Warriors, Cuervo, because let's be honest, like you said, who's going to be on the top for the next three years? I mean, I, I, at, and, least and, and at least, if not more. Cuervo, they're outside the, the salary cap and they get fined. Maybe the fine's not enough. Maybe there needs to be something else that needs to happen, Cuervo. Maybe they need to take a player as well. Maybe the fines in the NBA are not being tough enough on teams that say, screw the rules, we'll do what we want. And I think that's one of the problems with the NBA. Now, Cuervo, you can't argue with success as far as money is concerned. I mean, because there are lots of money rolling through the NBA, and that's not going to go away. 
Okay, for some, I mean, you're 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 having guys who are third string players making six and seven million dollars a year, which makes me want to puke in the first place. But you know, when you got these roles guys, role guys making making as much money as are, it you know, the NBA is making too much money. And, 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 yeah, it must be the money. I mean, so. Maybe in order to get it under control, you make it to where a team can't afford to do that, and you put the money to them a little bit harder, the fines and the fees and things of that sort, a little bit harder against them because they are way, they're not just outside the salary cap square, but they're way beyond it. But they're paying the fees and penalties, and that means that that's not working because they've been doing it for the last three years. So what do you got to do? You got to change the way you look at it. And if the NBA wants parity, they got to make it too costly for a team to say, "Screw the rules, we'll do it. We'll just do it anyway." <laughs> yeah, and that's probably what's going to happen. Just so the NBA can flex their muscle and say, "You know, this is my league. This is our league." Yep. <sighs> You know, and that's fine, but I just, when there's parity in the league, you have better TV ratings. Better product. You have better better product in general, so. Yep. I mean, to me, it's just like, I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, but, you know, but this is the one league that if you're going to build and stack super teams like this, this is yep. the one league you can get a, you can get away with it. And uh, you know that's what you're seeing with. I, I just I'm just not a fan with it, of it because number one it's allowed. Number two, um, it just shows the the lack of competitive. You know, just lack of competition and, and and guys that instead of wanting to play against each other, they want to play together, and it's just that's that's the new player. That's their mentality is let's team up. Yeah, so. and, and 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 now getting to in we got forty minutes left to go in the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna before I make yet the next big crazy statement I'm gonna make. I want to go to that video you sent to me, Cuervo, because whenever I watched I, Cuervo, this in and I I don't even know it was on Larry Bird was it, I think it was on Larry Bird's Facebook or something like that that you grabbed it up off of, and it was such. An interesting thing. I watched it three times, Cuervo, and mainly because when I was watching it, I think it goes this video that you're talking about. I don't know the name of it, and because I don't know exactly where it is, but I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo. When I take a look at this video that you sent over to me, it's night and day between the players of today compared to the players of the other day. Because that video, uh, you'll explain to it. That would not happen today. Well, no, no, it, it wouldn't. And for those who don't know what video that we're talking about, it um, it was it was an unreleased video. I mean, obviously, years later it came out. Nobody ever knew about it. It was never before seen footage. Uh, it's it pretty much a pickup game uh, from the original yep. Dream Team, the the the, the first. U.S. men's national team uh, back from 1992 uh, when they absolutely were destroying every country by like 40 points. It was the first yes. time that the NBA was allowed or that the, you know, the Olympics, they were allowed to use NBA players. So 
when they assembled this team, obviously, if if you're old enough to remember, you know, you had you had Jordan, you had Larry Bird, you had Magic, you had Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Carl Malone, John Stockton. Uh, you had Charles Barkley was on that team. Clyde Drexler was on that team. I mean, it was it was literally probably the 15 best players in the NBA at that time on this one team. And, oh, by the way, they had a college kid from Duke on that team by the name of Christian Leitner who had an okay career. So it, it, they pretty much they split up the teams. Michael and Magic were the captains. They, they picked the guys that they wanted. Uh, Michael, of course, he had Scott, with, Scotty Pippen was on that team. He had Scotty. Yeah. He had Chris Mullen, who was also on that team. Uh, he had um, – I'm trying to think of who else was on that team. But anyways, he had, he had his squad. Magic had his squad. Yeah, and then Magic had his, his squad. Uh, so – and, I mean, they're just going back and forth, and it's starting to get heated. And uh, Chuck Daly, the late Chuck Daly, was the head coach of that, of that basketball team. And yep. uh, it, got, it got so competitive and so heated uh, that um, – that they had to stop because it was getting, it was getting too intense. Uh, and I think that's the point that you're making, Sonny, is that you won't see that now. Like the next nope. team, like, I mean, they're not going to play against each other like that. They're going to be too busy, nope. you know, giving, giving each other, you know, shoulder massages and, and, and you know, giving <laughs> manicures and pedicures. Like that's, that's their idea of competing against each other. Boy, that was a nice way of putting it in there, Cuervo. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's definitely a different age now, Sonny, of, of man and, and basketball player that you have. Because it started, if you if you remember the video, it started with Magic and Michael. Then it kind of, it kind of uh, spread to... You know, Barkley's like, oh, I want Malone. I want Malone now. And, and then from there it went to, well, now, you know, Clyde's like, oh, you know, uh, saying that he's better than Jordan. It just it just kind of just escalated to the point where every – and Larry Bird, if you watch the – if you remember, Sonny, he just, he's just laying on the side, like, watching everything yep. unfold. And yep. then at the end of the video, uh, you know, Michael pretty much – declared himself the new king of the NBA magic and magic and Larry just kind of looked at each other like, well, he's not wrong. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. and that, and that came, and that came straight from magic. Wrong. That's for damn sure. <clears throat> and, and this could have, that's the turning point. And what I find very interesting about this video, Cuervo, there is not one person in the stands, not one. So it, it, that's why they call it the greatest uh, game. No one ever saw there was a, there wasn't anybody there, and the only reason yeah, why well, this it was, game, it was, this, was this was like game film um, that that got put out obviously years afterwards, and uh, and so much so Christian Laker wasn't even allowed on the basketball court, which I thought also was very fun. Well, because you know that's the competitive nature of it is just if if he's not if he can't contribute in any way, then why why put him on the floor? He wasn't going yeah. to contribute to either team. I mean, the, the talent level was just was just way too uh, it, it was way too far apart between Leitner and everybody else. So he wasn't going to serve yeah. a purpose if he was if he was on the basketball court. It's called the greatest game no one ever saw. 
or nobody ever saw. Um, Dream Team, and you you can probably find it on Facebook. And I watched it. I you know it, it's not very long. It's only like four minutes. I watched it three times, and then I watched it two times when I woke up, and then I watched it again before we came up on air. Um, it's a good watch, and you'll see the drive, passion, and intensity. And you don't see the drive, passion, and intensity in today's basketball uh, than you do when you see this video. I recommend it to everybody out there if you get the opportunity to watch it. It's really good stuff. Now, I've left the last 30 minutes for yet another couch-crazy statement is coming out. And, And it has to do with my local square vote. Has to do with the local basketball team that is here. That obviously being the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm gonna, I'm, I'm about right. And it, when you say Dallas Maverick, Cuervo, who do you say? Who do you think of? Dirk. Dirk. Now you could say Mark Cuban, but I was aiming for a player, and he did it right. And I'm gonna say it. Dirk Nowitzki is the worst thing that ever happened to this basketball squad. Okay, yeah, that's something you definitely want to explain because I don't get that. <laughs> I got it, I, and folks, I got it. Hey, they win the championship. Hey, they make the they make the playoffs, right? Cuervo in the first shot, and they lose to Miami, and then they get the next time, 2011. Uh, they get mm-hmm. the championship. It's been since 2011 since Dallas Mavericks won championship, Cuervo. It's 2018, okay? Seven years later, okay? Dirk Nowitzki obviously being the man down here. I mean, I don't think there's any question about who the man is down here, right, Cuervo? It's Dirk Nowitzki, right? And it always has been Dirk sure. Nowitzki, hasn't it? I mean, right, Cuervo? Yeah, it's been for about 10 years now. Yeah, maybe even a little bit longer. No, well, 15. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is 15 now that you say that. Yeah, that's the number. Yeah. What 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 have the Dallas Mavericks ever really done except win that championship? I, and, and I and I and I'm not going to take away from it, okay? Because I'm gonna, I'm going to get a little bit later into this, you know, as far as what this is about. But Dirk Nowitzki, I, I mean, they win the championship, Cuervo, in 2011. Maybe another player that's been on this basketball squad since. Definitely Long, not uh, possible because yeah. That, yeah. Not not long, long silence on right there, Cuervo. You want to talk about some dead air right there, and it could be because you, you, you can't. No, I mean you're right. Everybody from that 2011 team is is gone, except for Dirk Nowitzki. And not only that, Cuervo. After they win the championship, who've they gotten on their basketball squad that is, yeah, you know, that that stands out to you? Can you name oh, anybody that they no one? Up? No. They had their chance, and they and they let him slip away. They had DeAndre Jordan, and they let him they let him slip away. I, I, it, and, and Cuervo, it's Dirk Nowitzki's fault. Now I know what the excuse is. I've read them, and Mark Cuban, and all the money, and all this. Other, no, it, it, and I'm proving my point. If you remember correctly, about five years ago, okay, five years ago, mm-hmm. I, I kind of made this statement before. And this is a classic example. After you win the championship, Cuervo, you should be busting down the doors and saying, God, I don't have room for you. There was not one, not one player 
that came to the Dallas Mavericks that you could name off the top of your head or that was worth a nickel. There's not one where you say, they got that big they got that big free agent guy. Why? I mean, you, you, you can't blame it on Mark Cuban. He's got a billion bucks, okay? He's going to throw the money at it, okay? So you can't blame no. it on Mark Cuban as far as the money is concerned. You can blame it a little bit on him as far as his attitude is concerned. I get that. But really, when you think about it, business is business is business. And whoever's writing the check, as long as you can cash them, it doesn't matter. Just ask the Clippers and, and Donald Sterling, okay? All right, it don't matter who's mm-hmm. writing the check as long as they actually cash, about. So, yeah, it's and you know what? I mean, honestly, Tony, and I didn't mean to interrupt, but I don't no. think I don't think that the Dallas Mavericks at that time was not a destination that people wanted to go to. Um, Why is that? And it never really, and it, and it, and it never really has. It, it's just not an exciting team to be a part of. And I don't know that you can blame Dirk for that. It, it's more about. I mean, think about it this way. Back when the Dallas Mavericks had, you know, the three J's, right? Jason Kidd, Jimmy uh, uh, Mashburn, and uh, who was the other guy? I forgot his name now. No, I'm talking about Jamal Mashburn. Back oh, when Jamal Jason Mashburn. Kidd was like, okay. a, was like a rookie. Yeah. That was Steve Nash. Honestly, yeah. like, like, that was – one of those things where that at that time, that was a team that you could see yourself playing with because there was, there was, it was, there was electricity there. There was, there was excitement there when, with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm sorry, Dirk Nowitzki, great player, solid dude, but he's not exciting. You know what I mean? Like he's not an exciting guy to play with. And, no and, and one that's not wants fault. to play with him. Absolutely. It's his fault. Cuervo, that's exactly my point. It is his fault. But Sonny, I mean, the- Sonny, he he is who he is, though. Like you can't. It, that's not going to change. The Dallas Mavericks failed to have somebody alongside Dirk to say, "Look, this is this is the guy. These are the guys that you're gonna you're gonna team up with." And did the you Mavericks have a problem by- or? Yeah, Cuervo. That was this guy's Mavericks throwing billions fault. of dollars around Cuervo. He's throwing billions around, okay? He's got money. So it's not a fact. I mean, why aren't guys coming to play there? It's because they don't want to play with him. Cuervo. I disagree I mean, with that, since, Sonny. Since, since you – say that again? I, I, I tend to agree. I, I disagree to an extent. And, and because it's not that they don't want to play with Dirk. It's that – they, you know, there's nobody aside from Dirk. I, if that makes any sense, like the Mavericks exactly. failed to pair, the, the Mavericks failed to pair Dirk up with someone that they can sell. So I'll put it to you like this, right? When, when Dallas beat the Miami Heat in 2011, all right, even though they lost the championship, the reason Miami was still the team that everyone wanted to play with is because you had LeBron, you had Dwayne Wade, you had Chris Bosh. You, mm-hmm. you had those three guys. Like, oh, yeah. yo, if you, come and you, if you come to Miami to play with us, that's why they landed Ray Allen. That's why they were able to land those guys that they, that they did eventually is because it was the more exciting team to be a part of. 
Dirk by himself is not exciting. Dirk with, let's say, a Chris Paul, that's a lot more intriguing, is it not? Because how, come have somebody... how come they couldn't sell that, though, Cuervo? Because they didn't have Chris Paul. The common denominator through the whole through the whole thing. The common denominator is Dirk Nowitzki. All right, and it's not money. I mean, these guys are about money. Okay, remember in Texas, there's no taxes either, no state taxes. How many more millions of dollars could they put in the pocket and play on a good team with Dirk Nowitzki? I'm telling you right now, when I look at the landscape on what has happened since this guy has won the championship, which, by the way, let me praise them a little bit. We talked about it. We talked about it when they won the championship, Cuervo. This guy left everything. And, folks, since 2011, Dirk Nowitzki has been pedestrian, and we can argue that all day long. He left everything he had to do it because he had to do it himself. Why? Because no one wants to come and play with this guy. No one wants to play. And why is that reason why? It's not, it's not the team's fault. It's Dirk Nervinsky not being able to sell himself to somebody else as well. And whether or not, whatever you want to look at, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, this is a Dirk Nervinsky fault. And you take away the championship, okay? And don't bring Dirk Nervinsky on this team. Would they have won a championship? Hell, I don't know. Okay, I don't even want to go to that point, but I'm going to tell you that since winning this championship, the Dallas Mavericks has been a big joke in the NFL or in the NBA. They have been a joke. Then the reason why is the carousels of free agents didn't want to come here. The carousel. Now, if the Spurs had that same kind of opening that they had, which they didn't, but if they did, they'd be going over and playing for the Spurs. Now, you had the combination, you had some great players and a great coach. Listen, Rick Carlisle, okay, he's not a good coach. I'm just putting it out there. I don't care if he won the championship or not. Rick Carlisle is not a good coach. Rick Carlisle can sell himself to one Mark Cuban in order for him to keep his job. But since the championship, you still have you have this guy on your staff. Dirk mm-hmm. Nervinsky left everything out on the court to win the championship, and he's been mediocre ever since. And no one wants to play here because of Dirk Nervinsky. Now, if they had some other pieces to the puzzle that they could sell, but it's not the fact that they can't sell the team. They can't sell Dirk Nervinsky. That's why you can't get anybody to come here. And the reason well, why they can't, there's a couple of reasons why. He's getting older. He, he didn't win this in his 20s, Cuervo. All right, so he's getting older, and he's seven years older since they won the championship. So, and now, granted, he's gone. He's done this year. Dirk Nowitzki is going to retire. What is left with the Dallas Mavericks? They, uh, they are in no man's land right now, Cuervo, because now if you see them build a team, I, I hope I'm right in a few years and where they're actually playing and winning 50 games again. Remember on that long winning streak, they had Dirk and they won 50 games a year for like forever. So, you know, if they, I'm going to tell you, if they build it and they, and a guy can get to Dallas and say, all right, now Dirk Nowitzki's not there. Why aren't we playing with him? We can speculate all day long. And I think to me, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'll stand behind it. They don't want to play with him. Because he's a white guy. And I'm telling you, that has been one of my big things. And when I'm talking about the NBA, and this guy wasn't very well liked. And it's, 
and it's not necessarily a shot of trying. I'm not trying to be racist or anything, but he, people tend to want to play with who they want to play with. And Dirk Nowitzki is not known as a guy that everybody wants to play with that, or that they know. The guy came from Germany. So I'm not like, trying to throw the race on him because they didn't like him. because They're just not familiar with this guy. And even though he's had the accomplishments that he's had over the years of making all the baskets and everything else and, uh, you, know, you know, breaking all the records, which I'm not going to take away from him, I call him overrated because he was the only one that was going to do anything on that team. If he had some other pieces to the puzzle, I don't know if he would have broke those records as well. Teams and players did not want to come down here, and they were up. Over the last seven years, there were many free agents that decided that they're going to take a pass up on the Dallas Mavericks. And that was after they won the championship, Puerto And here we are seven years later, and now now, now, now the, the dust is cleared. There's nothing there now. The Dallas Mavericks are just in existence. What they do with it for the rest of the time, it will be very interesting to see if they can build something as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's going to take a while because, you know, you're, it's going to be hard to sell. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're this close to competing with Golden State. Well, again, that's going to be a hard sell because nobody's close to competing with Golden State right now. I'm sorry. It's just not, Absolutely. That's just not the case. So well, selling, selling the begin. Western Conference as a whole is going to be hard. Yep. I, and Todd says right here, he, he disagrees with my comments about Rick Carlisle. Um, he says, um, and Todd says, I think he's a quality coach in Detroit and in Dallas. He's had nothing to work with. And, you know, so that does bring up the other statement at what I was going to go on. Todd's like reading my mind. So you got the combination in Dirk Nowinski. Then you got – and no disrespect to Todd's opinion, he is not a good coach. Did he lead Detroit to anything? No. Now, now granted, did he have anything over there? No. Same story. Same crazy story happening right down here in Dallas. But he had one player, and that one player, Dirk Nowinski, but yet, he can't, I mean, what? so it's a combination in reality. I put more of it on Dirk as being overrated because that's the only thing that's going on this team. Of course, he's going to be the only one scoring points. But at the same time, you got a coach who hasn't done worth a, hasn't done anything as a coach. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll put it out there, and I'm just going to venture a guess. I never remember him winning a championship as a coach, and if he did, it was an assistant coach because I, you know, I would have known that. Rick Carlisle hasn't done anything as a head coach that anybody can be really impressed with, and I'll put it that way. If you want to say mm-hmm. that he won 50 games a lot with the Dallas Mavericks and be good, hey, wonderful. Live on that, Live on that. okay? But 50 games don't win championship. 50 games don't get you in the second round or in, in a conference championship. I, it, Rick Carlisle, you know, can sell himself very well, but as far as the quality of his work, I'm going to take a step back. It's been seven years since they won the championships, and they were lucky they had Dirk. And Dirk said, you know what? We're going to get this championship. And he literally left it out on the court, everything that he had, Cuervo. And I remember talking about those games when that was going on, about how he put it all on his shoulders, and he did. Um, and But I, he literally left it out because he hasn't been worth a nickel ever since. Yeah, I mean, I I I think that uh, you know 
being part of a good coach is having some, you know, you got to have something to work with. And Dallas having a guy in the whiskey, I think he, did he want MVP? I can't remember if he ever won an MVP or not. What, Dirk Nervinsky? Yeah. Did he win a league MVP? I don't know I if he, he ever did, won or not. I can once. look that up. I'll look it up, but I don't think he has. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's a big, that's a big, I was just kind of curious as to if he had won a league MVP ever in his career. Because if he did, then you can't really say that he had nothing to work with in Dallas. Um, it's just that everybody else in the conference got got that much better and and kind of and the and the mistake that Dallas made was they stayed pat. You know, they didn't they weren't aggressive enough to try and yeah. go out there and and get some some new talent or some new you know, some fresh. Uh, I I don't know about that, Cuervo. You know, I, I I don't know about that, and the reason why I live down here, and and I remember they were going after him, Cuervo. At least everything I read that they're interested. In. By the way, it was the NBA final MVP that he won. Uh, he was the MV, uh, NBA most valuable player back in 2007. So he did okay. win the MVP. So, there you so, go. Uh, so yeah, and, and and that was obviously before the championship. He was the league MVP. Um, you know, the guy's been a 13-time All Star. Um, so I mean, it's not like this guy's a slouch. I'll give him that. The guy, the guy's probably one of the best shooters in the world. I mean, it's that you know ever played a game. I mean, he's been breaking breaking records right and left and everything. So the guy can shoot. The guy can score. But why is it? Why are they not wanting? I mean, why would you not want to play with Dirk Nowitzki? I mean, you look at everything. Look at his. Look at his. Look at his career, and look at everything else. Why are these guys not wanting to play with Dirk Nowitzki? He's seen as an outsider, Cuervo. He's from Germany. I, I you know, I, I, I put it on the players. I put it on the players. He's seen as an outsider. He's from Germany, and, um, you know. And plus, not only that, before he went into the NBA, he played professionally over in, uh, in in Germany, if I'm not mistaken. So he played professional for four years before the NBA picked him up, and that was yeah, obviously the the big story for Dallas was to get a Dirk Nowitzki. But that's how desperate the the Mavericks were. They had to go outside the country to get a guy and bring him in, and I, I'm just. And it sucks for Dirk. I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just saying what it what it looks like is is that the Mavericks mm-hmm. bring someone in from the outside, and no one wants to play with the guy. And you got a guy who's got who's willing and wants to spend money to make his team better in a, in a, in a, in a uh, Mark Cuban. Um, but those players are not coming here for a reason. And why you wouldn't want to play with Dirk Nowitzki? If he is not as overrated as I think he is, or whatever the case may be, or he's the only scoring mechanism that they have throughout the years in order to win fifty games, um, yeah, it's it just it's just weird to me that the Dallas Mavericks have not been DeAndre Jordan. I, I think that was a complete. I think that was a DeAndre Jordan. He had no intentions on coming here. He made he made a play. He was selling himself. He was he was playing the odds, Cuervo, that he'd get that offer that he did, and and he and he played the offer right. I mean, I don't think his intentions were ever to come to Dallas. Well, and if that's the case, I mean, that's 
Play them like a ukulele. (laughs) Well, to me, that's bad. That's bad business, though, at the same time on DeAndre's part, because if I remember correctly, he actually signed the contract. So he legally. Letter of intent. It was just a letter of intent. That's, that's what my understanding the NBA. was. I, I'll, I'll look it up. I didn't know they had. I didn't know they had those in the NBA. I know they have those in college. You intend to sign with a certain school, but not in the not in the professional league. Actually, I'm I'm looking it up because I I, I remember that because I I just remember Cuervo, the DeAndre Jordan thing. And the fact that they decided to to cut bait and why he, is that he wanted to go to the Clippers? Um, I think it, I, I might have used the wrong term, but I think it was just like like a verbal intent that he was going to do it, and it was being and it was being reported all day long, Cuervo. Um, because that was a big story. Finally, the the and and that was the thing. It was it was cl- it was clear that DeAndre Jordan, okay, and that whole thing, um, how it was being played out. I don't I don't know if he actually ever signed it, but I think he probably came out and said, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to go play there," and um, I'm not sure I'm not sure the exact. We, we need to find that out, Cuervo. Yeah, I like I like I said. I mean, I I thought because the the big deal about it was that he had actually signed the contract and then he wanted to back out or something like that. We'll find so, we'll find that out before next week, and it sometimes Tim slows in if he finds the the fact before we get off there. But I, I will I will tell you, yeah, it, it was a big story here. Um, the fact that. Um, I, I, th- I think it was just a verbal commitment that he was going to come because uh, Cuban was talking about it. I'm, li- I'm reading a I'm reading a quote here is that he loves it. He loves it. I'm going to Dallas. That was what uh, um, that whole thing was. So it'll be. It. I, I'll find that out whether or not. And that was, if I'm not mistaken, was, uh, when they had the opportunity to get Dwight Howard as well. So there was lots of talks going on, you know, as far and and at that time. Dwight Howard, I, I think, didn't he go to the? I think he went to Houston. I think is where he ended up. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm very interested. You know, whether or not he signed it or not, he, I don't know how you back out of a contract if you sign it in the NBA. I don't think there's a way. Maybe it was just a strong understanding that he was going to do it, and and they reported it, and then he decided to go against it. So. Um, I, I don't. I don't think there's a way you can get out of a, a contract after he signs it. So that's because what I'm you saying. become property that's, of that team after the contract signed. So right. Um, ah, here it is. Here it is. Two days passed um, when the news broke that DeAndre Jordan, quote unquote, verbally committed to a four-year, eighty million dollar contract with the Mavericks, but he didn't say a word about it until he walked in and uh, talked uh, to. Other players, so he had a quote-unquote verbal committed to the team, and all, the only thing they needed to do was get the signature on the contract, which in turn is when he took the step back out, and I, he ended up with the Clips, right, Corey? Well, he went to Clippers, right? Yeah, he went. He went back to yeah. the Clippers. 
mm-hmm. went back to the Clippers. So um, he knew what he was going to get, and um, it would be. I, I guess it would be interesting also to get the background on that. How much did he sign with the Clips as well? Did he sign for the – so it would be interesting because, remember, there are no tax, and that was – at least according to some of the stories that were out, was one of the reasons why he wanted to sign here, too. He had more money in his pocket. And, you know, that whole thing that was going on there, um, you know, he, he put, I think it was like they figured it out. It was like an extra six or seven million bucks that was going to be in his pocket because there were no taxes involved with it. So, um, but instead he goes back to, to uh, goes back to the clip which in turn goes back to the time that, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong on my timing, Donald Sterling was still the owner of that team, and supposedly, you know, everybody hated him because he was a racist. It goes back to the fact that they'll go and play as long as the money is bitten there, you know, getting the check cash. So I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I don't know if I believe it's the players as long as it's the money. They don't care who they get it from or really isn't an issue as well, too. That's always – it's always been running through my mind because everybody – I talk about the biggest joke in reality where the fact that the players said they weren't going to play for Donald Sterling because he was a racist, and when the game came, they actually played. Then they only just turned their jersey around and practiced. So, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things, you know. Yeah, obviously you don't want you know. <laughs> it's one thing to take a stand; it's another to take money out of your pocket. So it's it, it's a hard decision, and that's a hard decision for a player to make. I'm not saying they're right or wrong for what they did or anything, but I would love for for these these threats to actually be followed because I think they can make their point about what they're protesting, whether the owner is a uh, racist or whether uh, you know social injustice. The only one that has done it, Cuervo, is the one that's being blackballed in the and I, I'll I'll put it out there, Cuervo. I think Colin Kaepernick is actually being blackballed in the in, in the NFL, and that comes from the owners, and they, it's because of the way that he did it and how he did it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there's, and, and I've believed that for a while now. So it's not like you know it's a brand new thought that I had today. I've actually thought that for quite some time now that that. Colin Kaepernick is being blackballed, especially with all these new things that are coming out about active NFL players. You yes. can't help but think, well, it's like, well, you know, if this guy's doing A, B, and C, then why is Colin Kaepernick continue to be unemployed? Right. So mm-hmm. it's interesting the way that it has played out. Um, I just I find the NBA very interesting today, because of the, you know, that just the video. That that video is four minutes. Watch it if you got the opportunity. Greatest play, greatest game no one ever saw. You look it up. You can find it on Facebook. You should be able to find it on Google. It's it's very interesting, and you'll see the difference in today's basketball players compared to players that played many years ago as well. It, it, it's really interesting. Yeah, I enjoyed the video. I've I've, I've actually seen it a few times. Um, yeah. Friday was the or whatever day it was I posted. It was the first time I actually like shared it because it just it started getting me thinking about you know the the NBA and this whole like LeBron, where's he going to go next? Crap and all this other stuff. Yeah. So it just had it just had my wheels turning and. 
I was like, man, you know, this is this is what real NBA looks like. This is these are what competitive players look like. And plus, competitive I was like, I think players. Sonny I, I just, yeah. I think Sonny would appreciate this. So I, I, I very, went ahead and I tagged very him. Much in it. <laughs> very yeah, much appreciate Very much. Hey, so I, we I got six him. minutes left, Cuervo. We got six minutes, for, and, and I'm going to leave this one to you because I know my feeling on the whole thing. Uh, but. There was some news about a guy going ahead and opting out, or not opting out, but opting to stay in Oklahoma City, Cuervo. And, of course, I'm talking about one meadow. Um, I'm going to tell you, Cuervo, this is an interesting thing. I think he had to sign the the, um, the um, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, signing his uh, offer because no one else would do it, and that's guaranteed money if he signed it. I, I don't know any team that would pick up Carmelo Anthony right now, Cuervo, except a team that has to do it because he's under contract, and and that was a player option, not a team option. So, you know, Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony saying that Oklahoma City – I mean, can you imagine any team? I mean, has Carmelo Anthony had done anything to where you – any team would pick this guy up unless they had to? Yeah, I don't think anybody would just because of the type of player he is and, and, and the amount of money that he demands. Nobody, nobody's going to touch him. And, and I'm actually surprised that Oklahoma City decided to keep him because well, he had I to. felt it like – It was a player option. He was under contract, but it was a player option that he would have got out of. So if I, if I read it right, and I think I did, it was a player option, not a team option. So the mm-hmm. player had that. He had, but he was still under contract with them, so they couldn't get out of it. So there's, in other words, Oklahoma City is stuck with Carmelo Anthony. Uh, they would have wished he would have opted out, and so uh, he could play the field instead. He signs the contract. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you're like, "Damn, I wish he would have left." Um, <laughs> I think, and I think that's what they think too. I, I, I mean, Carmelo Anthony and Russell Wilson on the same team are. Russell Wilson. Um, um, what's his last name? Westbrook. Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony on the same basketball team does not equal success for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. I mean, I think he was the oddball of, of the big three that they had. I mean, him and Paul George, I think, worked pretty well together. Westbrook and George. Yes. Uh, but just Melo, Melo's too much of an isolation type guy and Westbrook is more of a let's spread it around type guy, and I think that's why he works better with uh, with um, Paul George than he does with Carmelo Anthony. So I, I agree hundred percent. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out or how this works out. Like as far as where Paul George plays into this, it's uh, you know it's going to be. I don't, and I don't know if I don't know if Paul is still under contract with them as well, but uh, with Melo signing point nine million dollars, Cuervo for Melo, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I am. Wow, I and and I don't know, Paul George. No, Paul George is actually. I don't know if he's a free agent or what it is, but they're talking about him joining LeBron. So I think he is a free agent. So that I don't know if there's something on the table for for Paul George to stay there. But you, when I think mm-hmm. about Paul George and his talent, and the fact that it's Meadow, 
I mean, come on, please, Carmelo Anthony. I don't know if I, I don't know if I stay if it's a play. I don't know the scoop behind it, and we should probably find that out. But if Melo's in, I'm out. If I'm Paul George, Westbrook's stuck. He's under contract. That part's that that that's solidified. But I don't know about Meta, uh, Carmelo Anthony, you know, or Paul George. But if I'm Paul George and he settles in for twenty-seven million. I want to know how much money I'm making. I don't know what I don't know what Paul George's money is, but I, if I'm George, I got to make more money than than Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to. I mean, that's that's just you know you got to pay your you got to pay your your top guys. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now. Part his uh, contract. Here it is. Boom. And we're going into overtime. So yeah. But here, here it is. Um, you know, Paul George. Okay. Here it is. He is an unrestricted free agent right now. Uh, or um, in 2000 after the 2019 season, he is set to mm-hmm. make 20 million dollars this year. Carmelo Manson is going to make more money than him. You know, here's the thing. I think it, um, it's a player option query vote. So, you know, it, it, that's the reason why they're talking about um, Paul George and where you can go and what he can do. It's a player option. Um, so, interestingly enough, that was signed when he went with, when he was with the Pacers. So, you know, and still, and that rolls over there. Um, only making eight on average eighteen million dollars. If you're Paul George, you got to make more money than Carmelo Anthony. You know, and, and that I, I'm going to tell you, there it's Paul George and the guy from uh, from the Spurs. Uh, give me Paul George any day of the week, uh, you know, and that's mainly because of durability. You know, and Paul George, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's only missed a few games. And on the other side, when you look at the Spurs and um, Kawhi Leonard, that guy that guy's missed a lot of time and vital time, playoff times. Yeah, he has. That's his knock is, you know, he's had some injuries. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, wait, Paul George. Yeah, we're talking about Paul George, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Yeah, obviously the gruesome leg injury that he had uh, during the USA, his time with the USA team. Um, I think he had a couple of knee injuries, too. That's, That's his downfall. You know, he's got all the talent in the world, but it's just, his durability is kind of taking a dump. It's going to be that, that that gruesome injury that he took Cuervo. That's one of the that's one of the grossest things I've seen. And and you know, outside of Fran Tarkington getting nailed, you know, if you remember Fran Tarkington and uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, that, that's the Joe the too. Yeah, that's what I meant, Theismann. You got to turn. Yeah. it's one of those turn the head moments. You just can't watch it. Um, as I'm getting older, I get a lot more of those as I do when I was younger. I could sit wide, <laughs> but now I, when I see it coming, man, I don't even want to see it. And, and I can, it, it's just one of those things. I don't even know why, but I, <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, and, and it probably stems a lot from that on, you know, you know, San Antonio had to do a lot of work with that. You know, it, 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 it's the fact that they don't like the injury, how he's being treated or how he's being tr- not treated, but, but medically treated. I, you know, you know, what, what do you expect of, how do you expect to bounce back from that and what your expectations of that bounce back are? 
I mean, I, I, and Kawhi Leonard, I'm not going to say the guy's not a great basketball player because he is, but if I'm the GM and the guy that's going to write the check, I don't know if I want him, you know, and, and not because he's not a good player. It's just that when, when you're getting a guy, you need a guy that's going to be durable for you and, and, and productive. You know, Carmelo Anthony, I mean, this guy was an injury injury bug as well and how much money he's been stealing from NBA teams for many, many years. I mean, I, you know, I, we talk overrated basketball players, and, yes, I've said Dirk Nowinski is overrated, but Carmelo Anthony, and no one's going to argue with me, he, incredibly overrated over his career in the NBA. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Sonny. I definitely agree with you. I mean, I I, I liked him. And I, coming out of college and I tried to Young. be a yep. fan of his, but man, it's just, I don't know. And, and it's not even the, it's not even me overshadowing his career because of LeBron. It's just the, the, the stats don't tell the story. All right. He's a 20 points per game guy. Yep. It's, he's a 20 points per game guy, but he's also a 30 shots per game guy. So yep. it's like, what does it take? What does it take to get him to that twenty points? Well, he's a he's a mass, you know, shooting type guy. He's got to get his twenty to thirty shots a game. Like he can't do he can't get twenty points off of twelve shots. He can't get twenty points off of you know ten shots. It's it's yeah. It's almost it's almost like the Kobe situation. Now, I'm not saying Kobe's overrated. I'm just saying later in his took career, it took a lot. It took a lot more for him to get his 25 to 30 a game than it did when, you know, he was in his prime. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's a good way of putting it, too. And, and Carmelo Anthony is so far past his prime. If he was going to have a prime, it would have been after four years. And, and, and that's how you can kind of judge an NBA player. Give him four to five years. Now, granted. You, you can look at Michael Jordan, everything in the in the key number six, right? Cuervo, everybody talks about six. Absolutely, you know, but you know, you know, but the expectations of a player today, they're, they're expected to have that impact within four to five years, more so than six. Jordan had a lot of time to do it, but then again, you know, they stuck with him as well, Cuervo. And teams don't stick with players if they're not going to produce. They'll get rid of you in a heartbeat. So, you know, that's why the expectations of a player to be better faster is is a big story in today's uh, basketball world. You know, you're getting guys coming out. And who it hurts are the players that come after one year out of college because not only do they only have one year one year of college ball, they don't have the other three that a lot of players get against good players. They hop directly into the NBA. And either A, they can keep up, or B, they don't have a chance. And and it's usually not in between there, Cuervo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, we, we talk about how the players have changed, but the business of the of sports has changed too. And really it's, you don't really see long-term commitments anymore. It's look, you've got three years to produce. If you don't produce, we're getting rid of you. Like it's that simple. And you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, you didn't really have free agency back in the day. Uh, You just had, you know, you sign a contract and, and that was it. Yeah. And you, you fulfilled it. And then from there, you know, free agency was a thing, but it's not it, – free agency back then is not as active as it is now. So, 
it's just the, the, the business, the nature of the business in sports has changed a lot too. So, you know, as much blame as we put on players for not sticking around and not committing themselves to one team, it's not always the player that's not committed. Sometimes the, the franchise themselves is not committed to a certain player. So, you know. Absolutely. How, and that's the bad thing about so football me, contracts, Cuervo. Yeah, and so to me, you'll never you'll never hear criticize a player for not playing for one team their whole career. Like, you know, I, I mean, I'll give I'll give somebody respect and, and give them props for doing it. Like guys like Tim Duncan and Kobe, but but if they if they switch teams, I don't, you know, can't, I don't. Can't uh, yeah, I can't fault them for that unless it's a you know situation like uh, you know where. They were, you know, in a good situation, but they wanted to be selfish about it and get out of it. Absolutely. So, yep. You know, I, I, I and know you know, who, you kind of know who started that Cuervo. You know, that thinking. You kind of know who started that. It was one soon-to-be Hall of Famer. You know, he's got the nod. He's going to be enshrined. Terrell Owens is the one that kind of started that, if you kind of remember it. Go back in the past, mm-hmm. he, you know, he was like, well, wait a second. They don't have any loyal to me. Why should I have the loyalty to him, them? You know, why should I play on my contract if they can cut me at any right. given time? And, and that's one of the things I've given Terrell Owens some credit for over the years. Listen, and that's the bad thing about NFL contracts, and that's why – when some guy signs for a hundred million dollars, it doesn't matter about the hundred million. It matters about the guaranteed money. Um, so, you know, when you look at what, I, and, and that's one thing I'm going to give Terrell Owens a little credit for. He is like, listen, you know, I'm not going to pay for what I'm not worth. I'm not going to play for what I, I'm going to play what I'm worth, not for what somebody else thinks I'm worth. And, and at the time when that was a whole story, he was, he was tearing the meat from the bone. Um, so, you know, I give Terrell Owens credit for bringing such awareness to that idea to where, you know what, you know, I won't go to the involuntary stuff anymore, which is what the first three months of football camp's all about. It's quote unquote involuntary. I'll test the, I'll test the waves on that. And he was one of the first, and if you want to call him a pioneer of being a pain in the ass, um, but I think it's more of a pioneer of standing up for what he thought he was worth, and that's where I'll always give him credit more so than his other stuff. Yeah, no, and, and you know, I mean, he definitely, you know, you give him credit where credit is due. So, uh, yeah. you know, for T.O., obviously, you know, kind of bringing it to light that, look, you know, teams are not as loyal to you as you think they are. And yep. You know, for some for some guys, maybe they just didn't see it that way, or they didn't want to see it that way. But that's that's the business. It, it's you know, you, you you either you produce or you're gone. That's bottom yep. line. Bottom line. And and, and it's not it's never going to change, especially with the way some contracts are built right now, especially in the NFL. It's not like baseball. If you sign a $125 million, you know, contract, you know, a la Albert Pujols, that, that guy's getting paid regardless. So, you know, you know, as long as he takes a step and puts on a uniform, he's going to get that money in that contract. It's not that way in a lot of other – Almost all sport. No, the NBA is guaranteed. So this contract that they sign in the NBA, they get their money. Um, so you know they get guaranteed money, um, and aren't, as well. Sonny, but, aren't 
Isn't uh, NBA contracts, aren't they fully guaranteed? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So, but, but there's also options like, you know, they can go to different teams. They, they had no say. Like if they go somewhere, same thing with Major League Baseball. If the Angels wanted to get rid of Albert Pujols, they could, but he still gets that money regardless of what team. And, um, and they don't get the opportunity to renegotiate the contract. So, you know, the NBA and Major League Baseball are these guaranteed sports. Now, I don't know about hockey. I'm not even going to talk about hockey contract because I don't know. But the NFL, this, you know, I can cut you when I went to mentality is a very popular belief of guys that, you know, you know, I want to see them earn their money, you know, those guys, you know. And, you know, I think you earn it when you can sign the contract for that amount of money. So you've already kind of earned it anyway. Um, but that's the way I kind of look at it. But I don't know. The, the NFL is never going to change their contracts. they got the good thing coming. If they want to cut the guy and not pay him, if they don't have guaranteed money, they can give a rats and they can just move on from it. But that's the business of the game, which – is it good, bad, or indifferent? I don't know. You know, you know. I, I go well, back I'll tell to the you. fact that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, I'll tell you, Sonny, things could start to change um, because you look at the deal that Kirk Cousins just got in Minnesota. It's a fully guaranteed contract. Don't be surprised if we start seeing more of that in the NFL, bringing that NBA-style contract over to the NFL. Yeah, and and and, that, and I'm not going to say Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback or if he's worth it, but I'm going to tell you it was the smartest thing he ever did. Um, you know, that money's in his pocket. And all he has to do is show up at the facility. And and so that, that's good for him. And, and that also with Kirk Cousins getting to the point into his career where injuries start overtaking a player, you know, he did the smart thing as far as business is concerned. And, and I'm never going to doubt a Kirk Cousins for doing what he did. I'm going to doubt the team for pay, paying him that amount of money before I doubt Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – I mean, you know, we can debate about whether he was worth that contract. Minnesota opened that, opened that uh, you know, opened that door to uh, bring in those style contracts to the NFL. And, I mean, and, and the ones that are going to – reap the benefits of that are the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks right. are going to be the ones that Absolutely. get those contracts. I don't see any other position getting that. Um, maybe Aaron like Rogers a... Rodgers is the next uh, $100 million man. It, it, and that's what's going to happen. I don't know sure. when that's going to happen, Cuervo, but, but just, just really quick, the Green Bay Packers signing a $100 million contract for Aaron Rodgers might be the most ridiculous story I think I'll ever hear. Wait, that that Aaron Rodgers what? I'm sorry. Signs a hundred million dollar contract with it with the with the Packers. I, 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 in other words, I think it'd be incredibly stupid for the Green Bay Packers to sign Aaron Rodgers to a hundred million dollar contract. Well, I mean, if they feel he's still worth it, it's going to happen, whether we agree uh, with it or not. Because yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the he's, point. He's, he's Aaron, I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's the he's the arguably the greatest Packer quarterback to ever play. Um, yeah, for that franchise, you know. I mean, you can talk about Bart Starr and Brett Favre all you want. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, Rodgers has done just as much as those guys. You know, whether it's you know uh, uh, leading the team to the playoffs 
stat wise, uh, all that stuff. You know, I mean, he hasn't won as many Super Bowls as Star did, but uh, he's got the numbers. He's got the numbers to to back up his resume of you know best, you know greatest Packer quarterback of all time. And it's you know he's got a solid case. And and the thing about it is he's not done playing. I mean, who's to say he, that they don't get back to another point. Super Bowl? Thirty-four years old. What what questions me about you know one Aaron Rodgers is his durability, and that that's the you know hundred million dollars. Aaron Rodgers durability. Well, How does that match up when you're about ready to sign the check? You know, or sign the contract. Good, good point. That's the only, that's, no, that's yeah. a good point. You know, I mean, his he he keeps snapping his collarbone every year. I don't know if you want to give a guy that snaps his collarbone every year a hundred million bucks. That, I know I wouldn't do that, it. That, that's why I, that's why I wondered. It, it, I don't think I want to be the general manager that signs that contract because it, he's one play away from a snap broken collarbone and out for a whole year. Uh, and then the question will be, can he come back from it? And I'm not saying yeah. it will happen. I'm just saying that's what one of my big worries would be about. It's not signing Aaron Rodgers. You want to sign Aaron Rodgers. $100 million, your your career is on the line if you're the GM for signing that contract. And that, well, that's, sure it is. You know, that's a tough one. Now, granted, in hindsight, Cuervo, when you look at it on paper, yeah, is Aaron Rodgers worth $100 million? Yes. But it's that all-important two letters, I-F, if, you know, and that and that's all it, it would boil down to me and whether or not I'd want to do it. Now, granted, if he goes in place for another 10 years and embarrasses the hell out of you for not signing him, that's a, you run that risk at the same time. So it just well, depends on how question. you feel about it. <laughs> And let me ask you a question. So how often has that happened where a guy leaves a team and, you know, comes back to embarrass them? Like one, you know, only the point. one. There's only one I can think of, Cuervo. Yeah. Only one. Well, Drew Brees. So it's the only go. one I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, Drew, Bre- Drew Brees has made the Chargers look incredibly stupid. Uh, and, and not only um, that, could you imagine Drew Brees playing for the Chargers? We wouldn't be yeah. talking about that team not making the playoffs or making the Super Bowl. We'd be talking about the Chargers being, you know, Super Bowl champions. Sure would. And you're right. I think I think that is the one. That's uh, the only one I can. And this is quick. And that's less than thirty seconds thinking about it. Uh, you know, I'm trying to roll through the NFL on where I mean, some of the players have. I mean, Peyton Manning came to mind for me, you know, naturally just because I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan, but also because you look at what he did after he left Indianapolis. Right. Um, you know, he, he still had a great career. I don't think he embarrassed them more than anything. I mean, I, mean, I, I, made, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he necessarily embarrassed it because they had Andrew Luck directly behind it. So at the time when you were looking at it, I don't, yeah, you kind of seen it. You have, on the other hand, the Chargers and you got Philip Rivers there. He should have been able to get them where they are. But 
evidently not able to get them where they are, you know, not able to get them to the Super Bowl or make it very far in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I, I just sometimes wonder about Phillip Rivers. Will he ever live up to what he could have done? Like, I, I can just imagine. That's why I'm all about the yeah, Arizona Cardinals selling the farm to get, uh, to get Phillip Rivers. I really am. Because if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're only going to have Larry Fitzgerald for so much longer. You better get him somebody who can get him the ball. And the Arizona Cardinals, they don't have that right now. And Larry Fitzgerald's going to sit there and can just collect his money. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. And, and you know, I mean, but Arizona went the cheap, the cheap route. They went and got Sam Bradford and Mike Lennon and and got whoever else they got, but you know, they didn't go and get a big splash quarterback. They went cheap, and I tell you, I don't see it working out very well for them, to be honest with you. I I don't either, Cuervo. Matter of fact, you know, I'm worried about, I mean, if you're you're, man, if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan, you gotta be worried, not just for this year, Cuervo, you gotta be worried for the next four or five years. I mean, well, I, yeah, I, I mean, four or five years. It, um, I mean, they did draft Josh Rosen, so they had I, that going for them. You got to prove you got that's that's going to be proof in the pudding. I mean, because there's not too many people out there going to do what as a rookie as what that that cat over did over in, in L.A. and and Philadelphia. You know, you know, you're not, yeah, you know, and now if I'm not mistaken, isn't Josh Rosen from USC? Josh Rosen's from UCLA. Sam Darnold. UCLA. Is okay, yes, not sir. USC. Okay, all right. At least they yeah, that's same Darnold. thing. They got a USC quarterback before, and he wasn't worth a nickel as well. Uh, spent a lot of money on twenty million, <laughs> and his name slipped in my mind, but I know Matt Liner. Yeah, Matt Liner. Thank you very much. See, yeah, you're you're my brain. When it, yeah, if I had two brains, I'd be I'd be a genius. <laughs> That's called being a co-host, honey. I got you. Yeah, that, hey, you, hey, hey, you're a good wingman. <laughs> <laughs> got to make That's up for right. the old man in the host seat. <laughs> there you go. Oh, good Lord. But anyway, I, three hours. I, I wanted three hours with you outside of what we were talking about as far as before it starts the show. But I wanted a full three hours with you. That's why I don't mind uh, going over a little bit later on into the show like we did there today. You know, extra 20 minutes, why not? Let's round it off for three hours with Cuervo as well. So that's all I got. Sounds good. Okay. Is that well, all you Tony, got? I gotta I mean, ask you, did I miss anything? Well, I got to ask you the question. Have you started watching any of the World Cup yet, or are you still not interested? Not interested. Not one minute. I will say this, though, Cuervo. <laughs> I will say this. I have been listening to the ESPN reports on it, big time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who won. The only thing I know is Russia won twice, and that's the only thing I kind of remember. I, okay. In other words, it's that's not it's not creating it's not creating a dent in my in my brain to where it's going to stay there. Yeah, haven't haven't. Haven't been able to dedicate that three and a half hours to watch a very boring outside soccer game. So yeah, I can't. I, yeah, just can't pull the trigger on that. Well, I mean, I, not for everybody. I think I, th- I, I, I think I'd rather watch reruns of Cheers. 
Oh, jeez. That bad? Oh, man. Is it that bad? Yeah, it's just not all that interesting. Yeah, but it is what it is. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's not for everyone. Tony. Yeah. But 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 who are you going for? I mean, you, you got some love for anybody? Well, I mean, the USA failed to qualify, so uh, yeah, they, the US didn't qualify. Yeah, so you can't really cheer for them. But Miss Cuervo is a native of uh, Mexico. Her family, uh, you uh-huh. know, and whatnot. So and obviously, me being so close to the border of Mexico, uh, I kind of. You know, hope they do well. Well, if if I at the beginning, Cuervo, if I would have guessed the team to win it all, I would have said Brazil. But don't ask me why. Well, that's a very popular pick. I mean, a lot of people that, know the history of Brazil and all the all the great soccer players that come from there. So that that's you know a pretty popular pick. So uh, you're not yeah, the only so. one that would think that, but. You know, Germany. And that would be a very uneducated guess, except that I saw the World Cup of indoor soccer and called two games of the World Cup indoor soccer uh, the the process. So, and that's the only reason why I know they're so good, and that was because their indoor team was very good. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just if you're from Brazil, there's two things that that you're definitely good at. That's soccer and jiu-jitsu like though that's what you're good at if you're from brazil i didn't know that see you learn something every day <laughs> they do down there that, that is the two most popular sports in that country oh i knew about football which that's with the you know b-u-l i knew about that but i did not know about jiu-jitsu i did not know that so you know learn something every day so all right my man we're out of here have yourself a good day we'll catch you next week Ooh, ooh. Next right. week might be a problem because championship game, I might be on the road. I'll let you know about that. Sounds good. Sounds good. We got we to gotta start talking about breaking these divisions down in the NFL as well. Yes, divisions. And that's actually we, we need to start in three weeks so, so we can head right into the first week because we got, you know, many divisions. We got, you know, we got 16. Uh, hold on. Uh, we have eight divisions to cover, you know, so we got eight weeks before the NFL season starts to get that done. Then, yeah, we got to start in about three weeks, two to three weeks. Yeah, from think, yeah so I'll figure that out, and, and then we'll get started on it. But, yep, you're right. Get back into what we do best. All right, everybody, we're out here. Take care, everybody. We'll, take, we'll catch you hopefully next week. Uh, probably not next week, Cuervo, just because I'll be on the road. Um, probably in an airplane, so probably not. I'll let you more know about that. Sounds good, Sonny. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Enjoy your Sunday, everyone. Everybody, we're out here. Bye-bye.